I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips because Rod and Karen are hot. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Black Guy Who Tips podcast. I'm your host, Rod. Joined as always by my co-host, Karen. And we're live on a Sunday morning. Early Sunday morning, okay? I don't know what I was thinking when I scheduled this. Um, and, <laughs> uh, and we have guests, okay? Um, so i think you guys should be very familiar because you've listened to all the things we've told you to listen to you've listened to our appearances on other shows but it's brandon and tati from medium popcorn you may also have seen when we were on drunk black history mm-hmm. and uh you know brandon was in front of the scenes but tati was running everything like behind the boards and stuff i mean real you know mogul shit tag team duo you know i call them the jay-z and beyonce of movie reviews it's brandon collins and tati what's going on hi good morning good morning morning. sorry i woke you up you know no 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 you know look man uh honestly it just nobody it just helps get my day started honestly that's what it's really about i got my coffee here we're gonna we're gonna do this okay um I, I don't know what I was thinking, honestly, uh, being up so late. That was my fault. So <laughs> yeah, you know, we had to get up for you. You have to worry about me. I was yeah, out. I was, I, I, I got in the bed and was like, well, this is not going to be a lot of sleep, but you know what? You, What'd you what, do last night? What, what were you doing? So nothing. I, I did this thing where I fell asleep before the NBA game, watched uh, the NBA game. And then was like, this is interesting. I don't feel tired at all. You know, <laughs> like, not and I, we are simpatico right now because throughout in the entirety of COVID, I've literally just been up till two, sometimes four in the morning. And Brendan's like, what are you doing? I'm, I'm like, my mom. <laughs> <laughs> so I've recently gotten into ASMR videos on YouTube to try and get me sleepy mm. there. It's like, you know, it's like 60% getting me there. The yeah. other 40 I've been um doing uh sometimes at late at night I'll do yoga at like two or three in the morning to be like this will yeah. this okay. will make me tired and this is kind of zen and then sometimes um I read you know but then every once in a while I start reading and then I'm just like this is a good book and next thing you know I'm like it's four a.m. I should have not read this book I should just close my eyes so <laughs> yeah I was able to knock her out pretty quick last night because I was like hey you know what I'm gonna watch right now that 2001 movie Valentine <laughs> <laughs> and I was like I remember like being confused by the ending and then we watched it was like oh no he's the killer uh, this is- <laughs> I'm sorry Tati. she's like I'm tired I'm like good let's go <laughs> you know that's another thing I, uh, I have to ask because uh, you know since the pandemic and uh, you know I think in your area of the country movie theater shut down i know in our area of the country movie theater shut down but y'all have been going strong y'all are still reviewing movies mm-hmm. whether they be new whether they be old like what's it what is it like without the theater going experience for you and how did you come up with the ideas of how we're going to keep this content going i mean it's it's been crazy uh this summer has been a whirlwind for me personally uh with the, the podcast and like being an official film critic now mm-hmm. i don't know why i keep saying that closely that's an actual profession now like because um i've been accredited with a toronto international film festival mm-hmm. so like even though like i can't see new movies in the theater i've been having access to a lot of new stuff online tati's been able to you know reap some of the benefits of that <laughs> and it's been it's been incredible because, like, you know, I, I've already seen One Night in uh, Miami, which is directed by Regina King. It's a phenomenal film. 
um, seeing Nomadland, which a lot of people are talking about. Like, so it, it sucks to not be able to go in a theater though and see the movies that I was extremely excited about this year. Like Quiet Place 2, obviously Fast 9, uh, Fast 8 or 9. Which one is it now? This it point? don't matter. Mm-hmm. It don't matter. Uh, you know, like, everything got pushed back, uh, Halloween, all this stuff. And that really, like, when I think about that, I get really down. And that's why, like, I've kind of gone hard body with the podcast. We've been doing the Lovecraft recap. She, she actually really encouraged that because mm-hmm. we got the screener. She's like, B, we should be reviewing these. Yeah. The, y'all, the- y'all stuff drops like the morning of the show. So like, like before people even see it, they like, they can know they got that companion guy. Boom. Right at the, like, you can hit stop on the show. And go right to the review. Absolutely. Yeah. I think for me, I mean, we live in New York City, and so movie tickets are like $18 a piece. So <laughs> I'm just like, whew, save us a whole lot of money. Because every <laughs> year, Brandon, we have like a separate account just for watching movies. Right. Yeah. Um, so we've just been saving that dough. But also, um, you know, when we think about the experience, there are a couple of movies we've seen that I'm like, oh, I would have loved to see this in the theater bigger screen like dolby surround sound um but overall i think that it's mostly kept us sane throughout oh yeah especially the- justin because you know he's got the newborn <laughs> at home and the wife and yeah he's like, i'm so glad to be out of the house well, you know, for, him, you know, and, um, for him to get a break I, how, how are y'all di- i know for me because we are film critics too here in north carolina the problem for me is and and maybe it's because old white people old white men do, do this why don't they have it where they have like a movie critics app where you can go fucking download shit i don't like these links where i gotta watch on my laptop and my computer i pay too much money for this goddamn tv i want to watch the shit on my tv <laughs> well we just do airplay so like i just like literally just stream from my computer onto the tv onto the hd tv so it it does uh you know that's a good trend transfer but i understand like especially if you don't have the best internet connection it could be really like uh choppy and everything like that that could be frustrating and also you you know like you you kind of like i miss having the conversation sometimes with audience members if we all really liked yeah. the movie or really hated the movie mm-hmm. we could all be like yeah what was that like after star wars episode nine we were all like after the theater like what the hell did we just see like why was that mm-hmm. so bad or like if you really love a movie and like you can talk about like like I would have loved to see Tenet like talk about it with audience yeah, members. Yeah, me too. That, that was the first movie release because of COVID, like just talking about whatever how we saw, but I haven't been able to see it um, unfortunately. Even though there's theaters open in Jersey, and I'm not going to watch a screener of that. That uh-huh. like, that's the kind of movie you guys see in the theater. I feel right. Yeah, it's it's also interesting too because um, other countries who handled this better are going to see movies correct so so it's that like so it's it's like you see like go see tenant in theaters where available if possible probably not where you at because your your president ain't shit uh like it's it's just like envious like i think i saw a video of uh tom cruise watching tenant in a theater Uh and like he like these like he filmed himself like in the back of his car being driven to like the theater like windows down looking at the people on the street goes into the movie theater they're sitting like not so jealous not having to be six feet apart uh wearing masks and stuff uh of course he's all like i don't know how they can tell him it's me in this mask i'm like nigga you the most famous person <laughs> you know, on the planet. i mean yeah you have a whole film crew you're five you. five and you have muscles bulging and you're like running everywhere they're gonna <laughs> yeah. know it's you tom right also, scientologists don't get covid i don't know if y'all knew that there's a study recently. <laughs> makes sense you can't feel us to go clear that clears you of the you know covid makes sense. <laughs> and then he saw the movie and then after he was like he, he, 
he thanked the audience for being like a good audience with or some shit and i was just like this is such a flex man because <laughs> you can't do this anywhere in america even where theaters are open you gotta be like 37 feet away from the next nigga to even make that shit happen so it's like i know me and karen we it's kind of like a couple's thing like one of our date nights is normally thursday night going mm-hmm. to the theater when the movies first drop right. watching that very first screening or whatever uh you know that thursday release and then we come back or we eat and then we come back and we review it and now it's like the magic is gone out of that you know what i mean yeah and, and, and i think that the thing that i miss about it the most like y'all was saying just the movie experience just being around other people particularly there are certain movies where you know it's going to be a bad movie before you go in like you know oh i am going oh we're going to roast this like we're going to have a motherfucking ball and you can only get that experience in there with other people that like the same shit that you do (laughs) and i miss just the random hollering at the screen just the random all over the place just in in i know it might sound silly but just even just the smell of the popcorn and all that shit it's just something about that uh just a whole movie theater experience that i i i just missed because i mean right say it was like a part of our routine and mm. i i know that quote unquote for a lot of people movie theaters is, are dying but to me i i i am that niche audience who goes no 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 like tenant was meant to be watched in the movie theater because sometimes when i watch certain movies when people go it was shitty i say how did you see it they said at home i said no no that's why you didn't like it because it was meant to be watched on a thousand foot screen not your 42 inch tv <laughs> yeah and that's why like i think with netflix i i appreciate what they're doing but at the same time i'm like it's diluting the art of cinema and like mm-hmm. the movie going experience like like to to your point Karen, like i i grew up going to see movies like right. it's, a, it's a different upbringing than tati like but that used to be my escape like i mm-hmm. i didn't always have a lot of friends uh i always kind of kept to myself so i'd go to movies and that part of my life not being there right now it's been very very jarring and and then on top of that like it's it's just it's just it's just tough to like deal with you know all the stressors of the world and stuff like that and then this one thing that you love like you can't fully participate in it. and then you get people that are commenting on movies and you're like but yeah a movie like Marriage Story is not meant to be watched on Netflix where you can like have your phone out and just like be roasting it it's supposed to be like one of those Oscar movies where like certain people go see it because they're art house films mm-hmm. or even like The Irishman The Irishman should not have been a Netflix movie because then right. it's like. Yeah, not everyone needs to be able to see this. Like, it's only people that like specifically want to see seek out that movie because then they'll appreciate kind of what Scorsese was trying to do. Versus mm. everyone like, yo, this movie's trash. It's like, I mean, Netflix put two hundred million dollars into it. I think. Yeah, well, I'll say that's one thing I don't like. I so when I go to the theater, I don't really uh, go to talk to the people. So like, I I don't give a fuck about their opinions to be honest. I paid my ten dollars. It's what I think. You know what I'm saying? So uh it's not necessarily the afterwards conversation, but it is that thing of certain movies. There's and there's probably only like three or four of these movies a year that I like. Uh, if a Tyler Perry movie comes out, it is infinitely better as a theater. Go experience. see it opening weekend yeah. with right. all the old black ladies. You will when, have yourself a ball. Mm-hmm. When Justin and I saw Acrimony, it was probably the funnest experience uh, mm-hmm. since I can remember. Because at the end of the movie, like when they were just doing the different transition cards, yes. when they were talking about the different definitions and stuff. And by the last one, we were all like, "Jesus Christ!" And yeah. then at the end, Justin just stands up and says, "Tyler Perry is out of his goddamn mind." <laughs> 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 
yes uh, like and so it, it down here you know we're in the south man we're in the like this is his bread and butter yeah. so down here it's not even that they go oh this shit is so terrible Mm-mm. it's just they're literally watching it like they go to watch a play or something yes like, like a play like and so they're just into it even while rolling their eyes like everyone's like buying in so they're just like oh don't go in there oh oh Oh, girl i left him girl look at her wig you know stuff like that i'm so surprised to hear this coming from brandon because when we go to a theater he is always upset that somebody's talking somebody's (laughs) chewing somebody got their phone the light well the phone thing is a problem that's why like i go to people shut the fuck up put your phones away because Mm. i remember we were uh once upon a time in hollywood and then Mm. About an hour in, this dude has his phone. And he had an iPhone, like the the huge XL, whatever, mm-hmm. and the screen was, was so bright. bright. He's just pulling it out every five minutes, and I'm like, did he not know a movie he was coming to? It's a Quentin right. Tarantino movie. There's gonna be a lot of talking. There's nothing pop <laughs> up until the last fifteen minutes of violence, probably. That's it. And I was just like, that just really annoys me, and mm-hmm. that's why, like, you know, she thinks I'm a control freak or whatever. I'm like, no, it's just about the respect of the craft and what you're looking at, even if it's bad. Like, mm-hmm. page front of you i like uh i just think people should adjust their settings on their phone that's what i do yeah we do we make it yeah, dark just make it dark invert yeah it's a little bit of thing you have to make it chromatic make it dark then you have to uh invert the colors um but then it, it doesn't bother anybody but it seems like people just don't give a fuck sometimes it doesn't bother me that much to be honest uh but you know i'm, I'm a pretty patient person um but yeah occasionally you will see that person that's just like yeah girl i'm up in yeah i'm in here right now you know he's just like oh come on man come on brandon when we go to see movies with my mom we have the seating arrangement because he needs to sit far away from her because my mom is that person that's like oh what do you think's gonna happen next i'm like mom we're watching the same movie (laughs) and so i'm like i'm sitting here like you would shush my mama (laughs) <laughs> she was brought in Karen she, talking on different mess. <laughs> I felt bad though because the one time we went to go see Godzilla, you know that remake with uh, Brian yeah. Cranston and them, yeah. and uh, it was a really bad theater experience because there's one kid I like I sat across a different uh, a few seats down from her mom, and because you know her mom talks, but then I sat next to this one kid who definitely had some issues going on, and he kept recapping everything that just happened in the previous scene, mm-hmm. but like out loud to his big sister. I was like, oh, no, this is a nightmare. And then there was this Asian family behind us, and they had a baby who had a big bucket of popcorn and put it on my mom-in-law's head. (laughs) Oh, no! (laughs) I'm like, this is a terrible movie experience. (laughs) Yeah, I think I talked about it on the show one time, or either this on the movie recap we did of whatever movie it was. But one time, my worst theater experience... We went to this theater. They don't have reserved seating, you know. I'm a snob. Now, now, you talking about snobby. Mm-hmm. We ain't got no sign seats. My black ass ain't going. The sign seats, no, but then I was, I go watch the else. And then, um, it was a movie that was packed. I think it might have been one of those movies where we got like a screener for it. So we, you know, it's like, get here at this time, be in line, no phones, no whatever. And yeah. so, uh, this guy, uh, we had to sit in the front row, and this is one of those theaters where I don't like sitting in the front row. I, I don't mind sitting in the front row, I actually love it, but it, it's gotta be at a certain theater where the seats start kinda way back. Yeah. If you fucking sit in the front row where you gotta do this, 
the, the, the what, what, down on the floor just watching. right yeah what's the point and these weren't even reclining seats or anything Mm-mm. and Old so school. we're sitting in the front row uh and there's only like a couple seats left and they're next to us and this uh this dude comes in and i i think he was with like his family or something but i think he was like uh special needs or disabled whatever the per the the right word is and he sat next to me and he just like drooled on my arm for it most of the terrible. time and i was really like and i was and like i was like i had to just walk through it dog i was just like you know what rod you're an adult and um different people have different needs and you just don't know i and i really did sit there for two hours and my shirt was drenched at the end of the you're movie better man than me I, I would have been like, hey, uh, Usher. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, I mean, it was a bad situation because, like, I can't, like, I didn't want to call, and plus he was black too, so I didn't want to call, like, authorities on him, but I was looking at the people with him, like, come oh, on, y'all I know y'all, him? I know y'all see this, and I know that you know that y'all this should switch seats. Right. And they didn't, dog. They just let that happen to me, and they didn't even give a fuck, bro. And that was the worst time I ever went to the movies. I can't remember what fucking movie that was because I just spent the whole time being like, uh. Well, that's when you black out the movie. I, I hate Godzilla just off of that movie experience. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if the movie is actually good or not. I, I'm a fan of Aaron Johnson, the, the main white dude in that movie. But I'm like, no, no, I don't want to watch that movie again. Mm-hmm. I mean, y'all, y'all better than me because one time we took my sister to see like Kung Fu Panda 2 and I almost got into a fight yeah, with that someone. Kind of fight was a children's movie. Her phone kept ringing. I was like, Tati, you're not going to fight nobody in a child's movie. <laughs> oh, man. I've never, I've never been in a fight in the theater. That's, no. that, that's, that, that would be new territory for me. No, but. I've never been in a fight. We smelt like full-fledged meals. You know, we've been through that kind that, of... That's nothing. Everyone goes through yeah. through that, you know, people bringing in food and shit, but yep. never had to get in a, like, fist you know, of cuffs. Did y'all ever have anybody, though, sitting in your reserved seats? Because that happens to us a oh, lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 I, 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 I become the biggest Karen you have ever seen in your motherfucking life <laughs> because if I walk up in that bitch, that's why I like assigned seats. If I walk up in there and you and my assigned seats, because one time it was me, Roderick, and Layla. We went to go see a kids movement with Layla. And we walked our asses up there. Then white folks sat up there. The whole row was filled. I was like, no, no, no. Three of these bitches is ours. The whole row was filled. All them looked up at, up at us like we was wrong. I politely walked my ass down there to the usher and was like, look, somebody got in my seat and I want my seat. So he made the people that had no business sitting there move. They got mad. Bitch, you should have bought the seat. Mm-hmm. No, we don't have ushers in New York that, um, in, in most of the reserved, um, theaters that do reserve seatings. So that is problematic because you're left yourself to just be like, hey, this is my seat. And then people are like, how do you know? And I'm like, oh, there's a whole system. You don't see mm-hmm. the number on there. You have to oh. pick it when you bought the ticket. So y'all and so have we a wind up, Yeah, so- we wind up having to educate people on how to like read their own movie theater tickets to find their seats. Wow. It's wild. Cause you pay, y- y'all pay too much money. Like, I would be highly upset cause we go to the AMC just for that reason. Cause look, y'all got 45 ushers standing around here staring, doing nothing. Somebody gonna get me in my goddamn seat. Yeah, um, so, uh, what's interesting though is like, uh, you either had an usher do it, but sometimes I'll just do it, you know, and just go up to them and be like, hey, these are seats, this is our, you know, and I pull out my phone cause it has the number on there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what i think that is is just people sneaking into the theater like the Ooh. old school way which you're not really able to do anymore with the assigned seats because you got to find the seats that nobody wants and the seats that me and karen sit in are the ones nobody wants. wants so they because like they have those like little love chairs near the near the front you know like where it's just two, two people, people you don't have to sit around anyone else share. so i'm like oh yeah let's just sit there because we can get to be by ourselves and we're you know we're up front we kind of oh. like that and what those people is that again say that what again theater? what theater chain is that that has that's a, the, the, amc that has a little love seats at the yeah, front right. um and so and they're like these recliners like they're really dope seats and, but that's the seats most people don't get so mm-hmm. motherfuckers i think just slide in there and sit down and be like ain't nobody gonna take these seats and then when i come over like hey uh these are seats most of the time they just pretend like oh uh seats uh this, i didn't know that the, uh, this is a movie i didn't know what was gonna happen and like get the fuck out of my seat man like just try to take somebody else's shit um but the other thing i was gonna ask y'all too is like you've been doing drunk black history um through all of this um as well um how's that experience changed from a live show to yeah. digital because we participated in the digital one mm-hmm. for juneteenth mm-hmm. and we had such a great time uh the fans that came through we saw some of them in the crowd from from the show like they had such a great time and uh y'all are doing it again yeah i mean i got i gotta be honest when we did in february uh we did at this venue that is at, um unfortunately since closed uh mm-hmm. copy on lower east side and it was a phenomenal show. Like Gordon and I were like, wow, this is really becoming something. We had people that drove up from like Billy and like, you know, down south, all close to where y'all are and stuff. And we were like, wow, like people are really traveling for the show. And we were thinking about Juneteenth, obviously with COVID, venues were closed. There was no guidance on like when anything might even open. I was really hopeful that we'd be able to do something because mm-hmm. my goal was to, to bring us to the, uh, to Apollo theater. Like that's mm-hmm. like the ultimate goal for New York. And then we'll start branching out to other states. And I was really just like, I don't want to do Zoom show. I don't want to do Zoom show. Everything happened with George Floyd and stuff. And I remember Tati was like, Brandon, I really, really think you should do a Zoom show. I think that people need a Juneteenth show. I think they need something to celebrate. I think it would be a really good, like, kind of like a moment of unity for, for a lot of people. And I was like, you know what? You're right. And it allowed us to book, you know, folks like yourself. We nor- we wouldn't be able to get you if you, you know, were in New York. And other, you know, Ray Sani, who's out on the West Coast, um, she's since come back to New York. But mm-hmm. it, it allowed a lot more people to be able to access the show. And I really, really appreciate that. Um, and they're thinking about what's going on, uh, you know, the next oh, next few months. No venues are opening up in New York. So essentially we were like – I was talking to Gordon. We're like, hey, why don't we do an October one that has kind of like a Halloween theme? We can like have people dress up. We can talk about folklore and superstitions and stuff like that. And so we have some funny things that are being recorded right now, actually, in preparation for the show on uh, October 10th. And it's going to allow us to be a little bit more diverse in regards to the people we can book as well as the audience that we can bring in. Um, but I, I have to say, I'm really, I'm, I'm really looking forward to being able to do the show live again, just because it's a different kind of energy. But we did make that pivot, and I, I definitely want to commend my wife for really pushing me because I was really, really resistant to it at the beginning. And 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 I'm glad she did because for me, it was actually the first time I had actually really celebrated celebrated Juneteenth as an adult, if that makes sense. So for me, it was a beautiful experience because we did the show with y'all, then we went and did the show with Queen and Jay, and it was one of those things. I was like, oh. 
this was actually a wonderful experience within my home where i could be safe and i was like if i feel like this i know other people felt like this it was something to kind of take your mind off of the COVID, take your mind off of kind of things around you mm-hmm. so i i'm i'm very glad you did it and we had a beautiful time and everybody it was so much fun the energy was very high and everybody had a ball mm-hmm. thank you thank you i really appreciate that and also i think you know um at at the time everybody people were like our our white allies were like we're gonna venmo you some money that was like we gotta tap into that white guilt b mm-hmm. so yes. it. <laughs> it did it did uh boost the ticket sales a little secure bit, the white guilt bag okay i told well, people can. i told people this shit is not lasting forever okay if catch you got them tears some- before they stop if you got some opportunities to come through, you know what I'm saying, get that money because uh, you know, we already see it. You know, they the white folks is out here like, listen, we need to go ahead and get the Supreme Court justice while we can because uh, you know, like this is it's it's already changing before our eyes. So it's like if you had a chance to to strike while the iron was hot this summer, okay, mm-hmm. that was it. Cause uh you just don't know what's gonna happen. Once we get to November two, they might be like, All right, that's it. We tried. Enough yeah. for the Negroes. Um so uh what's is there a theme around this uh this newest uh black history uh black drunk black history yeah so it's going to be like um there is going to be like a horror theme throughout the show um we're still going to talk about some black historical figures that have nothing to do with like folklore or superstitions and stuff but there will be some themes and i got something interesting cooked up for the you know the pre-show because in the past in the past we like played music videos as like a pre-show music the last uh the juneteenth show we had a dj my boy a slot a who's a dj out in chicago and this one, we're going to do something really different. But I will say, if you've been to Alamo Draft House and you know what they do before movies, that gives you a little bit of a hit of what I'm going to do for this one. All right. That's a little. Yeah, we, got, we got some fun people. Uh, they got Sarone Russell, uh, Charles Moore, who actually has like a direct relation with the person that he's going to be talking about. Wow. Uh, Melanie Dion and uh, a few other folks that, uh, you know, we're, we're excited to. Uh, oh, yeah. Good. That's a good crowd, man. Mm-hmm. Those are some funny motherfuckers, dog. Um, and then also, um, it, you still are doing your movie reviews, right? So I've also noticed you've been getting a lot of interviews with people. Yeah. Um, do they know who you are and that what they're <laughs> what they're getting themselves into? They do not, and I love it because I'm part of a, <laughs> I'm part of a panel. So uh, uh, shout out to the African American Film Critics Association. They've literally yeah. changed. Uh, my my career uh, the past few months. Mm-hmm. Uh, I you know I, I emailed them. I was like I've, I I was like if seven year old Brandon knew that he would be able to have these opportunities right now, he wouldn't believe me. Um, and because of them, I've been able to be part of these roundtable interviews with like various members. So uh, I think the first big one was uh, Project Power, where I got to interview Dominic uh, Fishback and Jamie Fox. That was incredible. Then uh got to interview the RZA again about his movie Cutthroat City, which is actually terrible, but it was just great <laughs> to talk to RZA again because his vibe is just so infectious. Like you can't help but just like love this person. Like in the based on all the history and how much of an impact he's had for, for hip hop and black people, I'm just like, yo, I love this dude. Like uh, the the Tao Wu is like one of my favorite books. Um and then most recently got to interview the great Samuel Jackson, which mm is incredible um i mean i just his energy and he was with his wife because they were talking about their uh new epic show enslaved and just seeing him and his wife and talk about their partnership and producing that's when i'm like oh this is like what tati and i are doing i've been very resistant to that because i'm like man my wife gonna 
call out my craziness sometimes. And so, you know, that, as an artist, it's hard sometimes to get that kind of feedback, especially from someone that you love. But mm-hmm. to see that, you know, their relationship is thriving with that. And I'm like, oh, this this could work. This is great. Uh, but, yeah, I've been extremely thankful for the opportunities I got from AFCA. Yeah, and it's been like... It's not always a bad thing. It keeps you humble because, yeah, Roger picks on me about my love of edamame. That's all right. Uh, love, <laughs> love in quotes. But, um, you also, um, like, you interview, like, Jenna Prince Brythewood, um, I believe when, um, um, what was, why am I losing the track of the name? The, uh, the... the yeah, when, um, uh, when that was out, like, you, like, these are some big names, dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was fun too, cause I got to say, hey, thank you for introducing me to I Wanna Be Your Man by Zappa Roger. And she <laughs> chuckled real quick on that, cause I remember loving basketball, cause I remember like, I was like, damn, who is this? And my mom was like, that's the same people that did, uh, Computer Love, which is one of my favorite songs, secretly. I don't know if not many people know that, but, uh, I was like, oh shit, yeah, I love this movie. Also, it had Sonia Lathan, so I'm like, oh yeah. Um, yeah. but I, you know, I tried to refrain from being creepy, Brandon. That's um, what I was gonna say. Yeah. How do you stop yourself? Because <laughs> from my, from my understanding, you can't stop yourself. So it's been interesting. It, it's been interesting to see that you do have self control. You know, I do. I, do. I, I mean, I, I I will say I I responded too late for the panel with Nia Long for uh that Netflix movie she had. Fatal, I was like, if fatal. I had been on that panel, would have been probably I probably wouldn't be associated with this. Yeah, Fatal Affair. Yeah. Ooh, that movie was wild. Um, yeah, he lives. If he fell off that cliff and lived somehow, that I mean <laughs> that did. that is perfectly set up for a se- sequel. Um He blew the record together. He's he definitely lived. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That that's a that's a that's a MacGyver type stalking ass nigga. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I watch a lot of Lifetime movies, so I was definitely in the same space of like, oh, there's a whole Lifetime series coming to us via Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> black Black Lifetime, okay? I, I mean, listen. Oh, I'm here for it. I support black mediocrity. Yeah, okay? we love for my man. And if you're gonna, um, <laughs> if you're gonna decide to, you know, kill everyone in a woman's life because she lets you finger bang her in a club, I mean, sometimes I guess you just gotta do that, okay? Apparently, <laughs> You gotta throw your whole fucking life away, uh, because <laughs> you got to kiss some shoulder blades. That dude, no Neil Long clearly told them before they filmed that movie, "I'm not getting naked, I'm not taking off no clothes." Um, <laughs> so just letting y'all know off tops, like y'all got to figure a way to make a movie out of that, because yeah, she did the same thing. I feel like with 47 meters down, I remember mm-hmm. like the sequel I saw. Corinne Fox and Nia Long are going to be in that. I was like, ooh, Justin, this is going to be a lot of black goodness in this. Mm-hmm. And then Nia Long like, was in two scenes, and I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Nia she Long. Was in the she was like, okay. Nia Long is like, I am an accomplished thespian. I'm Come doing on. I'm doing y'all the favor, okay? I hope you, you don't. be glad I showed up. Uh, this is not going to be a skin flick, whatever you thought. Y'all need to write around this shit, okay? Yeah, she was like, I am here, so I won't get fined. This man going to have to be extra crazy, okay? I don't work way too hard in my career to to be getting naked in front of open screen doors and shit, uh, like these little young actresses, okay? This man finna fall in love with my motherfucking clavicles. Hey y'all, gonna, <laughs> y'all, y'all, y'all have to, to deal with it call it a day uh, um so also what like how have y'all been going through the the coronavirus apocalypse together and staying safe and all that stuff is because i know i feel like the only way now is like couples either gonna come out of this stronger 
or a couple's gonna come out of this with a divorce man you know we see it every day it's just like this couple broke up this couple broke up you know like how how y'all been maintaining i think we're we're super fortunate to have had a a long-standing relationship prior to covid Mm -hmm. so we you know we had been together um we just celebrated 10 years together congratulations Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Um, and that was at the start of the pandemic. So we were just like, well, we stuck with each other whether we want to or not. Um, but I will say that um, given where we are located, we've also had blizzards and hurricanes. So we're, we're kind of used to having to like buckle down mm-hmm. for a couple of days. Um, I said a couple of days, <laughs> months. Yeah. But uh, we're extremely fortunate that our jobs allow us to work from home. Mm. Um, we have a supermarket across the street, so we could always, and it's 24 hours, so we can gauge what the line looks like and then pop in, pop out. Um, and I think more than anything is we give each other the space to, to have the feelings and go through the motions. Mm -hmm. And then we, we connect at the end of the day. So throughout the day, actually, Brandon and I are, we rarely see each other. Mm -hmm. So he's in his office. I'm in the living room. We work separately. And then we, we connect and we're like, oh, how was your day at work? And then we go through that as if it were normal. Ah. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing. We kind of just, yeah. we haven't had any big blowouts. No, like, um, I mean, we've had, we, we haven't had any arguments or anything, but there definitely has been like moments where we like each ha- like kind of go through our feels like, mm-hmm. of, like frustration of sadness. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I tweeted about this a few weeks ago. We were watching The Good Place. And that show was like really nice and like, you know, like a good palate cleanser for today. Like, and we were getting through. Then we started watching the last season, which was like, you know, laugh out loud funny. I'm like, oh wow, they really hit their stride in this one. I don't know if anyone's seen the series finale of The Good Place, mm. but that episode fucked me up. I don't know if it was because of like of accumulation of a lot of things, mm. but there was just one scene that like broke me and I just started crying and Todd just like, are you okay? I'm like, I think this is just like a release of everything I've been holding in. Right. Like mm. the past few months. Because this happened like last month and I was just like, it's, I think it's just accumulation of a lot of stuff. And then also like the character involved was my favorite character. And mm-hmm. I was just like, Jesus. And then she's like, that's okay. Be like, you know, we've been going through a lot of stuff. Um, and that, I think that's the only time we've had like a real like, ooh, like COVID is mm-hmm. messing mess, mess with us a little bit. Yeah. But I think, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, Bob, you go but- ahead. Go ahead. For me, I think um, being a New Yorker, like born and bred here, it's really tough to see my city sort of like empty, everything closed down. Um, and so I, the t- few times that I have had to take mass transit and things like that, um, I've been a little relieved at like how empty it is, but I'm also in a space of like, this is not normal. There's 8 million people in this city. Like, I should have a crotch in my face right now mm-hmm. that doesn't exist because I'm on the M train. So little, <laughs> like, little things like that that are just like, ah, this is not the home I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when articles come out how, like, New York City is dying and I'm just sitting here like, New York is my only home. I don't have anywhere else to go. So like, fuck you for writing that article and saying that it's not, it's not going to live up to his greatness because we're New York motherfucking city. And then I have Brandon, who's like a transplant new resident. Just be <laughs> like, nice he's like, T, calm down. And I'm like, this is insulting. <laughs> so, I, I understand how you feel because to me, it's very insulting for people to say that. Cause it's like New York city is New York city. 
and it's one of those things where they act like the millions of residents that live there don't live there and they act like a lot of these people this quote-unquote fling came there caused all the fucking prices to skyrocket so now all those people are living on the fucking outskirts and then you got the nerves to talk about this city uh ain't shit and we going back where we came from well bitch if you hadn't came in the first place we'd have been doing just fine we could afford it to stay here we could afford it to live here y'all the one that fucked it up and then you're talking about well it ain't shit now well you know what bitch don't come back that's the thing because they're gonna come back when the city comes back they're gonna be back when broadway open up and all this shit they're gonna be right back in there you know what rates gonna do go right back the fuck up again and then people are gonna be displaced again it's like a circle dead ass Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like that white dude from Hamilton. You'll be back soon. You'll yeah. see. It's like what are you talking about? You talking shit because you're away. But guess what? People are gonna remember that, especially mm-hmm. like in the comedy world. There's like this whole thing about like all the comedians that like flee back home to like live with their rich parents and stuff like that that are able to do that. And for some people, it's like, yo, I gotta like I gotta pivot because I gotta make a living. Like I, there is no backup plan. Um, I'm fortunate because, like, you know, I never put all my eggs in that one basket. Like, I think mm-hmm. for me, like, it's never been all about stand-up. It's been more about podcasting and live events for me more than anything else. And so with the the pivot, like, you know, again, like, I got credit Tati. She was like, go to Zoom stuff. So, like, with mm-hmm. the, the the podcast, like, right, doing Zoom movie nights once a month. Like, that's been really engaging for our fans, doing the Trump Black History on, online. And I'm also, you know, brainstorming some other ideas and stuff because I, I definitely want to collaborate with some old folks that people miss, you know, the chemistry between us. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Mike Brown might be doing something. Um, and so, you know, I'm – you know, just pivoting accordingly uh, under the circumstances that we're dealt because we're not getting back to normal in New York City until next year. Yeah, it's interesting, man, because I always felt like, especially when you and Mike used to do like kind of the behind the scenes comedy outliers where y'all kind of talked about the industry and stuff. It was always interesting to hear from your perspective because you were like, you were like, at this point, me organizing a show is bigger than me getting on stage and doing like a set. Um and you know and i could tell that it like kind of bother you a little bit because it was like you know in my peer group some people see me more like the nigga that helped me get on stage not oh brandon's funny let me get him on let him let you know like and it became and then of course there becomes your petty shit of this nigga didn't put me on stage so i'm not gonna let him be you know that kind of shit as opposed to just like he's funny or he's not funny and uh it's weird because that all that shit that you were kind of like man like this is fucked up is immediately why during the pandemic you're like hit the ground running because it's like you were you didn't even know it. you were basically doing sweep uh you like uh you were fucking doing sweep the floor and wax on wax off and you didn't even fucking know it <laughs> and you, the pandemic hit and you was like i'm blocking fucking punches yes <laughs> and, 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 and you know what it's one of those things where you were doing producer shit and not really know you realize it because like with us but me and Roderick, the shit we've been doing, we've been doing it for 10 years. Well, actually 11, 10, 11 years. So we were like, uh, how do we get somebody that don't live here pre- prior to Skype? So we have worked through all the bugs. We have worked through like several different systems and all that shit. So recording remotely, it's literally second nature to us. We do it all the time. And for us, we're like, I am so glad that COVID happened because now motherfuckers can just come on and jump online because everybody know how to work Zoom now. Not tell me funny. So now we don't have to have a 15 minute tutorial at the beginning and tell people to get microphones and tell people to get headphones and tell people, hey, don't be having noise in the background. Like we don't have to go through that anymore because, you know, when people at their jobs, you can't have children and random shit happen in the background when somebody's giving a big meeting. So, so it causes 
the standards to go up which means now everybody's kind of catching up with us and for brandon it's like i was already doing this so i can i actually have both skills now now if i if you wanted to you can be like oh i can do a one-man comedy show through skype and charge people if i feel like it versus somebody that's just strictly a comedian would have to i don't know about skype i mean not skype but uh but uh (laughs) zoom Zoom. i said skype my bad zoom (laughs) zoom what whatever the the kids doing with the recording stuff nowadays Mm. um so you could you actually a step ahead versus learning how to do all that stuff or paying somebody else to do it because the thing is once you've learned a certain skill you can't take exactly. that away from me so i can adapt and adjust and you can start all over again and stuff like that it just makes the transition smoother yeah you could just another, sorry, you, you could even just produce other people's shit at yes. this point like mm-hmm. totally like almost hands off just because just like the because when we did drunk black history it was such a fucking cakewalk like mm-hmm. we just had to show up do our mic check <laughs> make sure that that was straight and then it was just like boom everything was well coordinated well timed and and you know the segments were all like popping off um behind the scenes so like you like that's that's like karen said that's a skill no one can take from you Mm. um unless you try to do it on skype which uh please don't do it please don't do it on skype i'm old i'm sorry they dropped the bag boy at the beginning of this pandemic i was like man skype had a good like what 10 year lead on zoom they should have been killing it but nope, they let Zoom just yeah, like Zoom past them. Let me, let me yeah. tell you what happened with them was, didn't Microsoft buy Skype? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, for some reason, when Microsoft buys shit like that, they don't invest in it because it, it was like Skype had like all the coolest features and it was constantly, every few months we get an upgrade, 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 upgrade. Microsoft bought it. It's just like nothing happened. They mm-hmm. didn't invest in it. They didn't put no infrastructure in it. It didn't grow. And so then you that had actually took features out, right? Which did not make no sense. And and it's one of the things where every time you turn around, they're doing some stupid shit that's almost anti what you want. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why the fuck would I use everybody? This? Everybody had a head start, man. I had never fucking heard of Zoom, and then Me the, either. the pandemic hit, and now Zoom is how we say video conferencing. Like it doesn't even really matter. It, you could be using skype and somebody would be like i was zooming the the other day you'd be doing probably that fucking facebook yeah. thing they had a head start I was zooming everybody it's like it's like googling yeah it's become the new fucking um like when you say you xerox something yeah. you know what i mean like or yeah, yeah. Get, I, like give me a kleenex like you like these motherfuckers really just running the industry because the pant, you know what? We need to look in the big zone. That might be who behind. <laughs> they, they might you be behind this coronavirus. You guys were mentioning produce for other people and like you know not needing other people. Like with Zoom, that was what was interesting is that there were like a few venues that reached out to me as Juno was approaching. Be like, hey, we would love to do like a drunk black history show for Juneteenth. Like, let us know if you want to partner up. And I'm like, wow. I don't need you though. Right? Yeah. Right? And I know how to use Zoom because of my job. And, like, that's one thing I definitely am fortunate of with, like, my previous job is, like, they taught me all the ins and outs of Zoom. So I know all about, all about room controls. I know about, like, how to, like, deal with, like, max capacity, like, how to utilize your pro account. So I was, like, I'm good. Like, I just want to, like, I just need to be inspired to actually produce this event because um, I, I promised myself I'm not going to I'm not going to produce anything that I'm not really passionate about because then I can't sell it because then I can't mm-hmm. advertise. Like, that's the and that's the biggest thing, right? And so – um, 
like all of that is already there. It's just about making sure that I I'm excited about the project because I know how to use Zoom and get everyone on the same page about how that should function. Yeah. yeah, and something me and Roger talked about, and this is what I realized: nobody ever wants to actually help you until you don't need to help. Because it's like, <laughs> oh, you're coming around wanting to benefit off of something that I'm doing, but I already know how to do work. So you coming in, actually taking a cut of like business sense. A lot of people, you know, it's hard. I talk to her, I go, oh, you don't have no business sense. Oh, they want to come in and get a cut of some shit that I've already done, which means you're actually benefiting from my hard work without actually doing anything. Not unless you're doing like a big investment. Like if you're doing a big investment, that's different. But if you're just coming going, well, oh, just give me a cut just because of my name. No, I could do that myself. Yeah. Very, it's very rare, um, that people help people that, that need the help and not people that they're just like you don't need my help but i want to put my name next to yours Mm -hmm. um but yeah those opportunities are very very few and far between Mm -hmm. um now brandon i know you probably saw this news um but the actual tv show drunk history is not being renewed by comedy central i was hurt yeah i I, because i love that show jam and then it it was kind of the thing that made me be like wait drunk black history that's fucking genius that's like so when you saw that man how how'd you feel i mean i saw that and i was like okay okay uh i mean not to be selfish but that possibly gives gordon and i uh you know that some, lane that extra room yeah kind of <laughs> we don't have to worry about them possibly looking for us but right. then too <laughs> and, and, uh, Derek water's gonna just show up in the zoom <laughs> if, you, if you think about it, though like in this in this day and age to supplement that like right if they were thinking about possibly replacing that why wouldn't they deal with drunk black history right Right? and the way that gore and i do it because every iteration it's different it's a different Mm -hmm. feel we could do that for episodic you know series right so i i think it allows us to you know put together um you know uh, a package that like shows people what we can do and we're currently working on something that i think audience is going to really like uh that we're going to you know you know notify people about after the show on the 10th right um and i i think that that's going to help us really be able to elevate the show to another level yeah uh, yeah and i also think too that drunk black history is um is it its own thing and rightfully so because history is written by the people who win the wars right, right? so so that's where drunk history kind of like you know gets its info from mm-hmm. where we're actually tapping into not only like doing the research so we do that behind the scenes as well but we're actually connecting within our own like BIPOC networks Mm -hmm. to being like what's the real story behind this because this textbook is saying this but we know you know like Abraham Lincoln didn't really free the slaves or or whatever this is and so we're able to give like our spin on that and also um because we know that the term black is is there's intersectionality with being black Mm -hmm. so it's not just this one note um, and it gives us the flexibility to to really celebrate um, all of the the BIPOC achievements that have happened, not um, specifically in this country, but we're not limited to that. So we can branch out, and that's something that is universal. Yeah. And also, Gore and I already have the Rolodex for comedians and like mm-hmm. you know, po- you know, podcasters, broadcasters like yourselves, and the comedians we have connections with. Like, because I did a serious XM interview a few days ago, and someone's like, you know, there was a drunk black history down here a few years ago, and I'm like, yeah, but ours has been featured in the New York Times and various publications, like, and we've had some really big heavy hitters on the show, like Don't Say Sloan and and Downwell, and, and we got some really great ones coming up. So it's a little bit you know different. 
Um, but I think our show just alone, like if you look at like what we've done and like the videos are online and stuff like that, we've definitely distinguished ourselves from any other show that has a similar concept. Dope, man. Well, um, tell the people when it's coming up again. Yep. Saturday, October 10th. Uh, it's going to be online on Zoom, uh, Eastern Standard Time at 9 p.m. You can get tickets at AmericanCollins.com under live gigs, or you can just search, uh, Eventbrite for Drunk Black History. It'll pop up there. Dope, man. Let's, let's talk about some news y'all okay there's still stuff happening now we have a segment we talk about coronavirus news i put in the word coronavirus into spotify and i just scroll down until i find songs about it and that is our intro music today's song is fuck the coronavirus by exchange from the album fuck the coronavirus (laughs) (laughs) he's on brand i feel like the starting five for the chicago bulls is gonna come out (laughs) (laughs) fuck when the beat drop from north carolina yes Oh wait, we heard this one before. I know, right? Yeah, I remember this one. Oh, like we. All right, let's go with this different one then. Okay, coronavirus. Diesel song. Diesel song. That's a banger. Yeah, no, it's not. not. That was pretty bad. That was bad. All right, how about this one? Coronavirus COVID nineteen by wait loca locara tradition. Oh, this might be another language. Definitely a different language. All right, let's. So it's 1985? What the f- when are you gonna sing? Uh, I'm gonna fast forward. <laughs> okay that's the intro uh we don't know what the fuck they were talking about mm-mm, um mm-mm, sorry y'all <laughs> yeah uh, y'all to let us know we know we got audience members out there to speak 14 different languages i don't but know, we don't know it's, well it's not even just as a different language but like all these filters they put on it i can't tell what he's saying like <laughs> Yeah, I can hear. I mean, I'm fluent in Spanish, and I can't hear what he's saying because it's being drowned with all those layers. Yeah, it's not even just that it's in another language. This shit got like it's like he underwater. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's talk about coronavirus news, y'all. In comedy, in the comedy world, Dave Chappelle has canceled the remainder of his uh, summer camp shows he was doing um where he was uh he was doing like a show every week and yep. big 
big time famous people were showing up and uh apparently they were um like quarantining and stuff and testing before the show Mm -hmm. which was kind of how they were able to do it um Mm -hmm. and because i i know people that was like what the fuck is dave Chappelle doing because you just see the pictures on instagram it's just everybody with no mask hugging and shit but apparently they were doing like safety precautions and stuff beforehand but someone um did get exposed to COVID 19 within like i believe their household according to his wife mm-hmm. elaine she she said in a closed facebook group we take COVID 19 very seriously and there have been no reported cases among patrons or crew however due to a possible exposure within our inner circle and out of an abundance of caution we have elected to cancel the remaining six shows some people were like you know i drove up three hours to go to the show and then i found out it was uh uh it was canceled you know i'm very disappointed but i understand you know like people just seem to be more understanding than not but uh yeah so if you were planning to go to one of these dave Chappelle events uh the money's already been refunded save save time don't don't worry about it well yeah that's i mean it's as great that he took the safety precaution but i mean also the way that he was doing those shows that shows how rich dave Chappelle is because he was able to get those rapid tests done he's able to fly people out quarantine them I mean, yeah, I was like, it's very elitist. Like mm. the rest of us folk don't have this opportunity. And I'm also in a space, trust no one with like everybody in my head has COVID. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, cause that's the thing. Like it actually makes me feel good when we talk to people on the show and they're taking it as seriously as we are, because then I'm like, cool. The smart people are still mm. taking it serious. Cause I feel like we getting a lot of, um, whether it be through our media, because I'm not, I'm not, I really do think most people are being at least somewhat cautious. Right. But um because of the way our media is skewed, we are going to concentrate on the people that are the most polarizing. So it's going to be a lot of like, look at these niggas at the beach. These motherfuckers right here ain't doing shit, you know. And look, a crazy <laughs> a crazy Karen came in and took her mask off. And so that, then it makes us paranoid at home like, well, fuck, should I even go to the store? Because apparently there's crazy white women in there ripping people's mask off and right. French kissing them and shit and I don't want to die like so it does make me feel that way and um it was interesting with the Chappelle thing because um it was just like at first just putting out the pictures and that's when I was just like what the fuck is Dave Chappelle one of these people that just doesn't give a fuck um and then you find out well okay so there's a lot of safety precautions but as Tati said you you're really still trusting people you know what i mean like because even with a test man like between when you get tested and when you come to the show i'm put i'm trusting you to do all the right things i gotta trust it and the thing is when you're talking about traveling when you're talking about live events you're skewing towards an audience of people that are a little bit more riskier than the risk averse people obviously Mm -hmm. so the chances of someone that would come to that also being a person's like and i'm also going out to eat and i'm also doing a bunch of other shit because like why not like my like i don't think this shit is as dangerous as y'all do so it does require a level of trust that i just don't think i have in most people to do the right shit you know and then of course the worst case scenario somehow magically you get it on like a trip to the store you don't know and now i'm getting people sick and that would be you know that would that would bother me forever 
that's what I'm worried about is being asymptomatic and being a carrier of it. And I don't know. And that's yes. where people are really selfish. It's like, mm. we're a mess because of that. You, it's, it's one thing if you haven't been sick and what have you, I feel like there's no way that I wasn't exposed to it. Cause I, at one point I was on a site in a WeWork that had hundreds and hundreds of people cycling out all mm. day. Right. Right. Um, but that means that possibly I'm asymptomatic to it, which means I could potentially infect other people. So I, I have to be very careful on top of my, my lung conditions and everything like that. And at first, I was really, really upset when people were not adhering to like the quarantine rules and not wearing masks and stuff at the beginning. Because I'm like, it's like, you know, in New York City, there's the bars that were exploding and stuff. I'm like, y'all are fucking it up for people like me because now I really have to just be at home. I yeah. can't go anywhere because I can't trust nobody. Since then, people have been getting their act together, but I know that's just very specific to New York. Yeah. I know in other parts of the country, people are not wearing masks. People don't give a fuck. Florida, they're opening up fully. I'm like, well, now I can't see my grandfather because I can't risk going down there. And then everyone's just acting the damn fool. And then I, I get sick. I get in sick. What's I mean, crazy. Florida, though, are you surprised? Of course not. <laughs> uh, what's crazy, though, is that even in those places like Florida and some of these states where the government is adamant against masks, if you take a poll of the people, the people are coming in at like 70%. Like, we're just going to wear masks. Mm-hmm. and not do that shit you know the problem with this is that this disease is so infectious a small percentage of people is is a big threat yeah so you know like these like you uh i saw an article matter of fact in coronavirus news they're partying again and clubbing in wuhan like wuhan wow. is where this started it's the former epicenter of the coronavirus and it hasn't reported a locally transmitted case since may so the, okay I don't like to get down government conspiracies or anything like that, but when I hear shit like, uh, I feel like when when we know exactly where this came from and that it might have been some fucked up weird thing, like someone ate some really exotic animal that shouldn't be eaten, some of that, and that caused all these people to die and be infected. Like there has there should be consequences there, right? Or we know that some kind of chemical weapon, and we're not trying to have that smoke because then that opens up Pandora's box of everyone knowing that we were essentially creating nuclear war. Uh, weapons against each other, like in this chemical. They they actually are. Like it wouldn't be surprising surprising to me if this is what. Talk to some scientists. They'll be like, "Bitch, if you knew the shit today was creating, you'd be scared to death." You know, I really appreciate both of y'all coming on the show with y'all third eyes open today. <laughs> oh, oh, you didn't know. As a show that deals in facts, especially with the coronavirus news, I'm gonna just go ahead and shut all this shit down. <laughs> because we are a responsible show here um <laughs> until we get so like because the thing is actual scientists that have looked at it are like it's not like made in a lab it's not weaponized unless you fuck with them like the deep state is trying to get trump out of power motherfuckers yeah, brother yeah <laughs> come on like, don't you see uh, i just let's just stick to the facts here in this segment um but 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 i don't think I'll, I'll say this if it's they did close down those like what they call wet markets and stuff yeah. like that where they were like uh where they suspect it may have started um which is where like live animals are sold in um play they even shut them down in like new york like y'all had mm-hmm. them y'all had them up there and they shut them down like because apparently it's unsanitary conditions and you don't necessarily oh. know because it's not like the fda is coming in and checking and inspecting okay like, is this live bat you about to eat got some shit in it or not you know what i mean <laughs> so um yeah we'll we'll you know I'm, uh, maybe one day they'll get to the bottom of exactly how he did because i also saw all the speculation about it started in a secret 
weapons grade lab and shit but i, I, I mean do they, do they got a cure we don't know nothing about and they was like we're going clubbing karen this is a fact-based segment and honestly <laughs> well, i'm well, not going to well, what's going to happen is you know at the end of all covid what's going to happen is we're going to get like this quick flashback directed beautifully by steven Sodenberg, where it's going to show mm. that the birth of the the snake and how it was it was groomed and how it got infected <laughs> with the, the coronavirus mm. and then it's going to end with the being on top of the plate of the the person that ate it and then mm. that's going to be the birth of you know coronavirus and plus i mean that person was the first person with coronavirus so like what could we really punish them with you know what i mean exactly. <laughs> yep. well brennan knows i think every every virus is like the the um lab created zombie mm. virus so for me, I'm like, oh, this is how the zombie apocalypse begins. And he's mm. like, T, you're killing me. I was like, you sure? We we live on the first floor now. <laughs> like, we got to think of everything. I'm more worried that the Russians will give it to us with the with the vaccine mm. than than the actual virus. Like, yeah, I, I, I feel be- like I feel like whoever rushes through the vaccine is the motherfuckers <laughs> is gonna wake up eating brains. Yeah, and yeah, and I keep telling Roger this. This is a joke, but I was like, uh, with the vaccine, I was like, I'm not gonna go through the experiment because I don't want to go a tail or a third nose for me to realize, mm-hmm. oh, this shit uh, ain't doing what it's supposed to do. No, thank you. Yeah, I'm taking it. I'm just, I, I want to go outside. I'll just take the risk. Nah. But how how will that work though? Because if every, you know, not everyone's going to do the vaccine, so then they still can't open up everything. Because essentially, it's going to like matter to trust, right? I'm so glad trust that you got the vaccine. I'm glad. I'm glad you brought it up. I'm really glad you brought it up, Brandon. My next uh, article is Fauci cautions that a COVID nineteen vaccine won't eliminate the need for mask and public health measures. All right, so uh, I'm gonna have mask me for the rest of my life. That's literally gonna be our new world, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Gonna be like, this is like the, you know, like with 9/11, and it's like everyone's got to go through these hardcore security checks now. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to wear a mask. Yeah, and 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 I, I, for me, since the COVID hit, I was like, oh, that's gonna be a new normal. Like, like I admitted, was like, oh, we are never going back pre-COVID. This is gonna be literally a pre in my mind, a pre-COVID and a post-COVID. Like, we're gonna go back, but it will never be the same, quote unquote, to 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 before. He said the vaccine will not be 100% effective and taken by 100% of the population, which means that there will still be room for COVID-19 to spread. He said, being practical uh he says i think if we can get to 50 75 to 80 percent of the population vaccinated i think that would be a really good accomplishment it's not going to eliminate the need to be prudent and careful with our public health measures he said on a facebook live conversation with new jersey governor phil murphy i mean i'm with it fauci is is obviously a man that seems reasonable i mean we have the same thing with the flu right some people Mm -hmm. get the vaccine some people don't some people get the flu in different variations. So I think that's, if that's the goal, by all means, like, then that is reasonable. Mm-hmm. If it's about getting people up and to work to fix the economy, no. Like, mm-hmm. like, let's, let's be diligent in this vaccine space because then again, we don't want people walking around with tails and or becoming zombies. Um, and so when, when it comes to that type of caution, I will always wear a mask and keep socially distant from you before like my poor grandmother has to fucking mm-hmm. be, you know, exposed to anything. Right. And, and I think for me, I am better than I was before. Cause Roger know me, I was like, Oh, lock it down. Nobody come in, nobody come out. 
fuck the outside <laughs> everybody got it so at least i'm going to the grocery store like for me that was like an upgrade because i was just like no to everybody and everyone so like my mama's birthday i sent her some uggs and i called because i was like well your birthday's coming up and i and, and it's sad but for me i'm to the point where like mama i love you but i don't know when i'm gonna ever see you again like period dog because you oh you in your 80s i'm not trying to kill you um <laughs> apparently in new york city uh permanent and year-round mayor's restaurant plan is a long overdue shift of public space from cars to people where they're gonna plan the like parking spaces that will be that are they're being used right now for um uh restaurant outside dining Mm -hmm. they're planning on go ahead and making that a permanent thing uh in new york city what do y'all think about that as people that live there yeah i i think you know the new york city the de blasio the new york city mayor he's been getting a lot of heat from all types of directions so i think this is him just buckling we for us winter's around the corner ain't nobody trying to eat at their local fucking tapas restaurant when it's 18 degrees outside like that's just not a thing and i know that climate change is real and last year we barely got any snow but it's 2020. Like, we can get a blizzard for, for Halloween. Like, I put nothing past anything. So I think it's a lot of smoke right now, smoke and mirrors to being like, oh, sure, there's going to be a thing. And the minute, you know, they have to think about heating and all of that, they're pr- practically building restaurants outside the restaurants, mm-hmm. which is now pointless. You might as well let us eat inside. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of that to say is that I... I think it has good intentions to, to keep people hopeful. I actually don't think that it'll stick when, when the temperature changes. Mm, that no, makes sense. I, yeah. And also, I mean, New York, it's, it's weird because there's all of these different stories about what's happened in New York and how like people are handling it and stuff. But truth be told, like these restaurants, they're barely getting by because I mean, if there's anything I learned about COVID, it's like all these businesses were one bad check away from like financial ruin. And so even like the restaurants are operating right now, they're not operating at full scale. Right. And then the restaurants that are already bad, like are, are definitely gone. And then, so you have to ramp up like your, your, your customer service. You have to wrap up the, the quality of your food and it's, it's tough. And that's definitely going to deplete in the winter because I wouldn't be surprised if service, uh, if restaurants have trouble, like maybe, you know, retaining their service staff because I'm like, what am I going to do in December? Like, you know, nobody's going to come. I'm not going to get any tips. Why? I gotta, I gotta do something else. I gotta be an Uber driver or I just gotta pivot accordingly. And so these restaurants are going to struggle to function because they can't even have the staff in the kitchen, uh, front of the house because probably those people are going to see what's coming. They're going to be like, it's, it doesn't make sense. It's so yeah. weird though. Cause with coronavirus, it's like everything every time people bring up like the economy stuff is like but the virus will shut it down anyway you know what i mean where it's like well we're not gonna be able to make money if we can't let people eat inside it's like nigga the virus is gonna fuck that up it's not like the virus is gonna be like oh you trying to make money we'll be outside like you're, you're <laughs> like yeah and sucks. also if you lose i know they were talking about like oh you know two percent of the population will, will succumb to this you know how much 2% of, right. of a population is? Three, we talk about 330 million people. Like, right. come on, 2%, those are high numbers. Millions of people. That is so, so, crazy. Yeah, we're looking at that, but also, um, my birthday is coming up next month and Brennan and I were like, oh, we should do something. I've been in a little down. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, we have a little bit of a backyard area. It's not a whole lot. You know, mm-hmm. we live in this concrete jungle. And so I put all these regulations. I was like, we're going to have shifts. 
you sign up for for the time blocking mm-hmm. if it's nice outside we're we're social distancing outside i already bought masks so i will mm-hmm. provide a mask if you don't come for with one we're going to change the mask every 2 hours mm-hmm. people are like yo you are out of control i was like not today not my right. life right mm-hmm. yeah I, kn- I know you don't care but baby i do yeah i decided <laughs> i decided for my birthday i'm just saving it like i'm just gonna put it in the bank we'll uh we'll see what happens with these vaccines and stuff next year and then uh i'll catch it in some some point to be determined when i can come yeah. out the house and do things whenever that is and the thing about restaurant uh because me and roger work at restaurants a lot of people federalize most restaurants are designed to make profit at 100 percent capacity and the mm-hmm. reason why i said is this is why you go in there and you're fucking elbow to elbow i don't know what it is about the design of new restaurants i don't know not trying funny and i kind of blame y'all new yorkers y'all bought that shit down here where a table is beside a table is beside a table i'm i'm in roderick's face and i can literally hear the person beside me fucking chewing because we're so goddamn close i can't stand that maybe that's just me personally i want to be able to to have a conversation without somebody literally staring in my eyeball you know so <laughs> they got them tight like that because they were like hey we want to get as many people in here as possible so that we can make the money so now you're asking them to go to 50 percent capacity most of them cannot make a profit at all mm-hmm. there they, it's just impossible you can't and then with all like the apps and the ubers and all that stuff a lot of that stuff eats into their profits because we was reading the article how they have to pay these fees in addition to that so a lot of them are stopping that depending on the restaurant they're stopping that they're like fuck it we'll just deliver if we're going to pay all these ridiculous fees we might as well you know do it ourselves and the thing is, we've been eating out uh, more than we would like, mm-hmm. but yesterday was the first time we actually ate at a restaurant, and mm-hmm. there's such a big difference between getting delivered food and having fresh food mm-hmm. straight from the kitchen to your table. Yes, like, I missed that. I was, man, like, because it's soggy, and it's just, like, cold sometimes, mm-hmm. and you're just like, damn, this really sucks. And then you also know the, the delivery guys are always getting dicked over no matter how much you try to tip mm-hmm. because of these apps and everything. Like, it just – the discrepancies between people being able to like make a living in this country and those who are like in the top two percent of the of the world with regards to wealth it's just crazy like we are in a, such a weird place and no one's trying to address it yeah right. should, just power through like the the craziest thing about the u.s is that unlike other countries that literally shut down as much as they could for a few weeks we were like how do we just live with this I really do think in a weird way it goes back to school shootings man like mm-hmm. once we once we got used to just mass shootings and hearing you know 20 30 people died in a few minutes every mm-hmm. every day or so it, we just people just yeah. became numbers and now it's just like 50 people died of coronavirus today in your neighborhood and it's just like yep that's not that's just a number now that's not even real that's not people for real and and you i didn't even think about it till you said it what happened when you had the first school shooting with coronavirus like people not really mm-hmm. thinking about this like you, y'all know schools back in like the ones that are in session and you know somebody yeah. says like fuck it we're going five days a week what do you do when you have a fucking school shooting and you have a pandemic like you know like that, i mean one like double they double. might hit less kids because the kids will be further apart so that'll be good um <laughs> and then two a lot of people will be like we're finally back to normal we finally on today we finally got back to what um, be in america just schools getting shot up is the number one thing on the news and we we did it y'all um let's get to (laughs) let's get to some other news y'all so um did you know that horror movie fans are having an easier time dealing with the pandemic oh that makes sense i mean we're we're living the walking dead 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the whole dystopian society thing. It's like, oh, I've, I've been training my whole life for this. Right, I've been preparing for this. Yeah. I mean, if you if you grew up like me, like Tati hates when I talk about this movie, I watched Scream, and that like had a huge impact because of the way I, you know, I grew up in the suburbs. I was like, oh yeah, white people could do this shit, and that's why I'm like, I don't put anything past like you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, human nature. The people gonna kill. Mm-hmm. They can. They they like to have fun with it too. When the Billy Loomis had that monologue about how he murdered Sydney's mom and all this shit, I was like, oh, this is some crazy white folk out here. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, I've been able to be like, all right. Brandon does not miss an opportunity to bring up Scream. Mm-hmm. He tortures me every day. If you cannot see his mouse, it is an like his mouse pad. It is an homage to Scream. Aww. Like that is how much he is a fan. So, mm. I mean, it, I'm glad that Scream made you hip to the fact that white people are crazy, <laughs> but <laughs> that is not what happens for me. Like, when I think of horror films, Scream is not on that list. Yeah. I'm thinking of, <laughs> I'm thinking of World War Z. I'm thinking mm. of Contagion. I'm thinking of all this shit that can actually happen that mm. I gotta be, I gotta be with it. So I guess for you growing up in Michigan, Scream could be a reality. Me growing up in New York City, I'm like, damn, who gonna come off that plane and infect us all? <laughs> and you know what? People like Tatiana are gonna be critical whenever everything, I got my third eye open, y'all, whenever everything happened, because I could see them going back to like all the books, all them nurses doesn't read all them books and all their movie references are gonna kind of like spout that shit from their heart because they got it memorized and they gonna be like the people that are saving the groups because they're gonna be like, well, this, this, this happened. I know, I know, I've seen it a million times. I'm trying to tell y'all gonna be out here trying to save people's lives. They ain't gonna hear y'all. They're gonna run outside and die. Can we, uh, <laughs> If y'all are, uh, we know we have a lot of talented musical people that listen to the show. So if you're listening to the show, I would like a jingle, just maybe five, ten, fifteen seconds for, uh, Karen's third eye being open, uh, music. Because I'm gonna need something to help me get through these, uh, these things on the show. Um, but yes, yeah, so horror movie fans apparently are able to deal with it a little bit better. Uh, they said people who engage more frequently with frightening fictional phenomena, were experiencing lower levels of psychological distress during the pandemic than those who prefer other genres. Okay. I, I believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe um, it. Th- go ahead. This time, sorry. This time last year, there was, um, so where we live in, in, in New York city, there's like a, a, a electrical plant, not to a couple miles away. And according to them, one of their transformers blew up. Mm-hmm. Right. So this time last year, our skies were neon blue mm-hmm. for five minutes. I'm terrified looking out the window. I'm like, oh my God, this is the aliens. Like they're coming. We're- I thought it was Russia. Brandon runs outside. I'm like, how do you know that's not a nuclear attack? Now you're going to you're gonna expose yourself. <laughs> All the radiation. The, the, the white I, upbringing of me just was like, oh, run to the danger. And I just ran outside. <laughs> I left Tati inside the apartment. You're going to lose your husband. I here taking selfies and I, shit. I legitimately was like, all right, you know, we, we got to We got to get a, a, a rescue bag going. Cause we got to, you got, mm-hmm. we got to book it to the middle of the country. I was getting duct tape, you know, in case we had to like tape the windows and stuff, make sure none of the radiation seeps in. This <laughs> man was, went outside with his freaking slides on, toes exposed in the middle <laughs> of the street with all the other white people. Like, 
what do you think is happening i was like get your ass upstairs boy <laughs> right brandon out there taking motherfucking <laughs> on instagram no filter look at this we y'all. live y'all it's your boy brandon live from the apocalypse man we out here yeah, see him melt on screen doing it big right now man you can see the sky is neon you know what i'm saying people throwing up on the ground from radiation poisoning holler at you <laughs> I'm an observational uh, comedian. I need to be able to have things to, to talk about. So, you mm-hmm. know, I saw the blue sky. I'm like, let me see what this is about. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I like that you call me boy. Just <laughs> oh Observe from inside. There's windows. I mean, you can do some, some observing. Some levels of protection. You know, go on Instagram and look at other people dying, you know? That's I'm, not, I'm not good under pressure. Justin, Justin's positive on the podcast several times that I'm going to die immediately if like, yeah. I'm under, under attack because my decision making skills aren't the best yeah (laughs) um so but yeah horror movie fans uh may you know may be better prepared which makes sense since we're living in a horror movie uh right now vietnam police seized three hundred and twenty thousand used condoms being repackaged and sold as new oh i saw this on how is that possible well i think it's possible if imagine this a a non-tail fox is sleeping with men who before (laughs) before they can uh arrive in climax they're being killed by a bunch of tentacles and then (laughs) what are we going to do with those condoms are we just going to throw them in the trash those are perfectly good condoms that Mm -hmm. haven't actually been used yet Mm -mm. so you Mm -mm. just uh slide them off throw a little bit of febreze on them and some uh, pine salt Mm -mm. and uh get to reselling them karen who's and my thing is whose job is it to collect them because used condoms just don't fall out the sky um i don't know Uh, are they on the lake or something like that like that's i mean technically they could just say all the water from the lake and whatever's left inside that's the lubrication and they're not technically wrong I cannot deal with this this story. Like every time I read it, and I just gagged out loud. I was like, "This is fucking disgusting." The condoms have been boiled, dried, reshaped, and then repackaged in plastic bags. The owner of the factory, a 34 year old woman, reportedly told inspectors the factory had bought the used condoms from a man in the area. A man? <gasps> Did they fall off the back of a truck as well? <laughs> ah! like what's from a man <laughs> yeah what what was his name just this dude you know what i'm saying be hanging out we got a lot of used condoms you know what i'm saying they got the... truck fit condoms <laughs> yeah. used condoms for sale which condoms <laughs> uh footage from the state uh oh small he's because he's, they're Indian. He's... oh jesus oh god that's oh, just no. racist oh um, no he's selling condoms like the mixtape man i got them condoms for you footage from the local state-owned broadcaster vietnam television reportedly showed thousands of condoms at the factory spread out across the floor the bags filled with recycled contraceptives weighed about almost 800 pounds good why God. would you like to videos i i don't know that yeah they just look gross i guess yeah. any i guess a collection of condoms outside the pack would look gross no matter what though mm-hmm. you know what i mean like even it, if they were clean even if they were brand new and you knew they just came out of the box i still would be like yeah man you never put like forty thousand condoms in a bag that just looks <laughs> it looks nasty <laughs> i will say they didn't look they don't look as bad as i thought they would though because normally when i think of used condom i think of like when you're in a grocery store parking lot or something you just see a condom on the ground that that's what i was thinking it's too. not yes yeah, it's, it's not rolled back up or nothing it's just fucking like this was that's clearly was like, in a person who is picking that yeah so good luck to y'all out there okay um <laughs> you gotta check where it's me 
you right now right now we're gonna be looking at the condom packaging and shit like well if it's a clear plastic bag you don't know it's not in the up and up so well yeah. i mean imagine you're sleeping uh, made in vietnam <laughs> imagine what? if you're sleeping with somebody and they pull out a plastic bag full of condoms <laughs> <laughs> not in the pack just mm-hmm. just the bag like hold on a second Get, let's see what size are you the you about a you you a medium hold on let me i'm I'm eyeballing this let me go my medium bag um all right let's get into some other news y'all okay let's uh play some uh some fucking with black people um with our new intro music that's right it's time to play fucking with black people the game we go all around the globe find different articles to make us feel fucked with as black people and we assign point scores from zero to 100 and intervals of 25 today's contestants is everybody all right <laughs> um twin cities family says antifa targeted them and painted biden 2020 on their garage um before burning it down okay you know antifa is big with joe biden because uh i guess he's big in the antifa community wouldn't we all be anti-fascist though isn't that why we went like fought in world war ii one would think one would think (laughs) that we would be on that side that is a common misperception apparently um so i guess they put a news article in here because if First, I just had a picture, so I guess I'll let the shit play. Brooklyn Center family last night. They believe it was because of the Trump 2020 flags that were draped over them. Family says that they were sleeping when a large explosion woke them up. As Esme Murphy reports, the FBI and ATF have been called in to investigate. I heard just a big, um, loud boom or a bang. And the first thing for me was my kids, my wife. What's going on? Deanna Mola snapped these images of her family's garage, trucks, and trailer as they burned shortly after three this morning. Graffiti on the garage said Biden 2020. Now. That don't look like no shit we would do. Biden 2020 on the left side and Black Lives Matter on the right side and then the anarchist symbol, Circle Mm. A on the right side as well. Yeah. I don't believe them. This, this This is them. They did this themselves. Yeah, because yeah, they're probably trying to collect some insurance money because that's the worst graffiti I've seen. Yeah, they mm. do the they do shit and it and it's like they don't properly know the slang or they don't properly know. So you be like, nobody would do this. Like this shit don't make no sense. So y'all all think it was an inside job? I see. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. I think I think we do know who did this, Karen. Okay, I think it's pretty obvious. It was Fat Albert and the Boys. Okay. Duh, the crew. <laughs> Fat Albert and the Boys clearly did this. Anytime some imaginary black people attack somebody, I'm telling you, is the description always fits Fat Albert and the crew. So I think maybe they came through, threw some gasoline on some things, and uh, said Black Lives Matter. Okay, that's, that's what we did. We'll have ten times for the time of this crime. 
yeah also shout out to uh the black lives matter people just only targeting um this one house and then going that's it okay <laughs> we burned all the houses in this neighborhood that we need to burn let's move on we're not gonna even actually you know what? we're not gonna burn anything else in this city we're actually not gonna burn <laughs> nothing else on this block just this we wouldn't one margin or anything just did we just target this one house just this one house that had just taken out an insurance policy on all their equipment that's the only house we're burning okay because we hate trump that much no it's not like anyone else in this neighborhood likes trump i'm right. sure not the other houses that might probably had flags all right mm. y'all fall for this shit if y'all Anarchy want symbol of an a with a circle around it two three by five trump flags were on the trailer and truck Dennis Mola saw three people running from the home. He focused on getting his children ages two and five months out. Our family's safe. That's the main thing. All this is material. It's, yeah. it's all material. Yeah. It's not as important as our family. The family says they got these flags. Also, I just noticed they only burned the garage and the trucks, not the house. Mm-hmm. Ain't it funny how white people all of a sudden are against lighting shit on fire when people are sleeping? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm pretty sure we, we have history of them doing that to so many others, and yet here we are. <laughs> right. He's like, he's like, I can see if it was a cross, but it's not even like a religious symbol. They just burned it for no reason. <laughs> a week ago, after Dennis, a contractor, got into a dispute at a work site over his support for Trump. They say ever since they've had them up, people have been driving by the house slowly, some even taking pictures. We're but, very happy to be So wait, his That theory, sounds like speculation to me. I'm no lawyer. I'm just please. saying, like... That's a far reach to connect some dots together. Can we like walk sent off of themselves? Can we walk through his theory? He got in an argument at work, and ever since then, niggas just been slowly riding by his house like that's the motherfucker right there. That's, that means he said some crazy shit. Though. <laughs> that means he probably said some wild shit. He knows, oh, they come and looking for me, so let me keep my ass and like go ahead and like do the damage myself because I don't want that smoke, literally but, and figuratively. But like imagine what kind of black network do we have to have in your city for for me to be like brandon what happened now yeah this nigga came to my job talking about make america great again this is his address let's go drive by real slow during the middle of the day like yeah i'm gonna take time off of my job to go ride by this nigga's house let him know know what's up he watched Boys in the Hood, and he thinks that that's just how black folks let you know that yeah. we, we scoping you out. Because, you know, before the drive by, they just be driving by the house like, yep, that's yeah. them. They go that, let me guess, when they drove by, there was like, and there go that Mark-ass buster right there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Wake your punk ass up. I'm like, get the fuck out of here, white man. <laughs> to be alive and praise God that we're yeah. alive. The family was also able to save four puppies from the smoke-filled garage. Their home suffered minor damage. They can't believe someone targeted them for their political beliefs. It just shocked me. These kind of stuff should not happen, especially uh, over beliefs of some sort. One of the surveillance cameras was blocked just before the explosion. Other surveillance cameras have been turned over to authorities. Oh, no. Didn't they just say one of the cameras was blocked just before? Yes, you and your friends motherfucking burned this bitch down. Why does everybody got water, too? Why do they keep showing bottles of water? Also, how do they know that this wasn't PETA? 
Because they just said they have four puppies in a garage. That mm-hmm. sounds like some PETA shit to me. <laughs> the white people. I mean, they do care about them dogs. That's they do one. care about dogs more than they care about humans. So yeah. if, if, if we don't point fingers, my fingers are pointing to PETA. PETA using Black Lives Matter and, uh, and anti-fascist <laughs> as a, as a escapism and Biden. Mm-hmm. That had nothing to do with it. It's all smokescreen uh tati's got her third eye open now okay a lot of a <laughs> lot of eyes open this 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 episode um in brooklyn center esme murphy wcco4 news brooklyn park police told us that the minnesota arson reward project is offering a five thousand dollar reward for information on this case the arson hotline is 1-800-723-2020 yeah well, and before y'all even try to get in on it i'm just gonna tell y'all now wait don't waste your time I already called and told them that it's them white people. So if you if, if you trying to get some of this arson money, uh that five thousand dollars is mine. I called them immediately and said it's it is the people in the article that did it. So just run me my money. How many how many fires happen that are inexplicable that they have an arson hotline? Right. <laughs> you know, they had to blow the dust off that shit. There's no like that doesn't happen to they're just like just set, tell them it's an arson hotline or something. Put my number on it and just fucking, we know they did it. Right? They just go for a Google voicemail, some <laughs> random dude who checks it every two months. What if, what if like the lies keep compounding and then like the cop who investigated is one of them cops that shoot themselves but blame black people? Oh no. And like it just keep getting worse. It's like, and then I was investigating the Black Lives Matter burning and I got shot in the leg while I was in my car by what, by something the same caliber as my service weapon. I don't know what happened but probably black lives matter people did it i don't we shouldn't investigate this um zero to 100 karen intervals 25 how much do you feel fucked with by that story i i gave it a 75 karen gives it a 75 what about you brandon uh i mean i'm gonna go with like a karen's at 75 so 80 just because that's not how it works he said intervals of 25 oh damn that's basic math 75 there you go (laughs) thank you tatiana and what about you tati Tati? don't get married (laughs) y'all um i'm actually like full 100 on it yeah yeah these bother me because uh someone could actually be harassed or targeted for some shit they didn't do mm-hmm. um so that's what i worry about in the interim in that invest investigation until they find out these white people did this shit to themselves so uh but i'm gonna give it a 75 because it's so funny to me it's always like like it like it fucks with me but then i'm always just like this is so obvious you did it right i also love how he didn't want to say what he believed in about trump he was very he got real fucking like nondescript Vague. he was like you know people just burning things over some beliefs that people may or may not have over things i'm like uh the racism maybe is it <laughs> could that be why someone would want to burn your shit down you fucking racist but anyway he burned oh, it to i mean i just think all that graffiti was doing too much it was, it was like biden it was black lives matter it was anarchists i'm like we ain't got the time to be right. doing all that and like, then when he signed it the blacks like we don't do that <laughs> <laughs> you think you think they was out there while they was spray painting having a meeting what what is what is they like <laughs> biden 2020 yes yes and that black lives matter what is what is the letters i don't know M- M- well, you know what i'm I mean, talking about all jokes aside if you're living in a swing state like me and karen the advertisements on tv that are attack ads against biden 
literally say he's for antifa and black lives matter is a terrorist organization mm-hmm. and they're gonna wow. burn they're gonna come to your suburbs and burn your house down they're terrible which, here wow. which is why uh you know people talk about it online but i don't really engage with those people because unless you live here you haven't seen those ads so i can't get yeah. mad i can't i don't ever get mad at biden when he comes out and he's like i'm against looting i'm against burning your house right. down i'm against mm-hmm. like i'm not with that bullshit and I think they specifically are here in our state because nobody else has seen these and well, i'm like any swing terrible. state any swing state okay. like ohio's having them because i when i tweeted this people from other states was like yes i live in the swing state and those are the ads too okay is that they gonna come to my house and like there's Take a white everything. there's one with a white woman looking at the camera talking about like uh uh biden and it's gonna de- abolish the police and lead to her being raped and shit like that um oh right mm-hmm. and so since you can tell uh from twitter and facebook who doesn't get those ads because they're always like why does he have to come out and say he's not with defund the police this is why the fuck i hate democrats i'm like because there's a whole nother part of the country where if he came out mm-hmm. and said i am with defund the police trump and them go see we're right he's with this shit and then he's gonna get you raped and that's what they're trying to avoid so uh all right one more a karen interrupts her granddaughter's uh online zoom class to complain about black lives matter and barack obama okay and the baby zoom class well the well, babies the baby need to probably know wouldn't even paying no attention the kid right and that's they not paying attention because they need to know karen they need to hit a good word they need to hit a good word from grandmama on um, what's going on in these streets oh wait i didn't know. did not mean for the volume to but uh they need to know what's going on in these streets karen okay all we're talking about are historical events no you're talking about blm and all that stuff and we're not going to talk about it um unless yeah. you want to hear what i have to say and Barack Obama was biracial. He wasn't just black. Right. He should have owned both sides of his family. Okay. That, that is <laughs> true. This is language ma'am. arts class, not a political class. Ma'am, we're reading a story about a historical event. And the question that was presented to the students is what's the most important historical event that's happened in your lifetime? Well, how did BLM show up? Your your granddaughter brought it up. No, he did. He did. Oh, and did you? Oh. I didn't even mm-hmm. say black mm-hmm. black lives. Okay. Well, you guys, I was throwing out and asking you guys. Wow. She came. <laughs> she came off the top rope. Like, well, we not finna do is being here educating the children on this race shit okay i know she's not with the 16 19 project Wait, what what six what state is this because the educator in me is itchy right now i'm like it could hmm. be it could be anywhere baby uh let me america see. <laughs> let me see yeah exactly i mean the, the denial that we have about the history of this country and trying to double down on it is fucking wild yeah, and a lack of education goes across all spectrums, mm-hmm. you know, because this niggas out here uh, quoting false shit too. Where you go, that's that's what are you talking about? That's why you out here saying ignorant shit because you don't know. It I loved uh, the teacher's voice modulation though when she was trying to tell the mom. She's like, or the grandmother. She's like, I posited this question to the students, like, yes, aka, me. why the fuck are you even here? Like, why why are you paying attention? Yeah, they that don't. You gotta kick that little girl out my Zoom meeting real quick. <laughs> I've been like, you can join back when your grandma not around. Yeah, they don't say which state it is, but it was posted on TikTok by a California-based sneaker seller called Stay Flyest. 
so maybe maybe <laughs> California, i don't know stay flyers this is america now y'all the the Jeez. tiktok of the of it is all we have but uh zero to 100 karen oh for me this this is 100 because the, the teacher's trying to do her job and you literally came from the top rope and interrupted the whole motherfucking class why you are you you either don't have a degree and don't care or either you got your degree what, what get, beat it mm. okay uh what about you tati yeah you know what i gotta adjust the last one now to uh, 75 because this one's 100 mm-hmm. yeah i feel like that's what happens is uh once you have one of these like extremely outrageous stories it's like oh shit okay i've actually had room to be more <laughs> mad yeah. uh so yeah i would give this one 100 because one mind your fucking business grandma two um this barack obama didn't claim both sides of his family shit wild. is ridiculous like that and that's only when people don't understand america and how race works do they say that like do they feel like saying you're black is somehow a rejection of your white family and ancestors and stuff and what that really means for someone like barack obama is that he rejected the white supremacy of whiteness like because he never once denied being biracial Mm -mm. ever like Mm -mm. he came on the scene and his like first big speech on race was on some like look man i'm white and i'm black i kind of get it and then this next one was like i can't get rid of reverend Wright anymore i get rid of my racist ass grandmama like this this the thing like this is kind of the complication of living in america and white people just heard you called yourself a black man and you said you could understand what happened with trayvon martin so you picked a side and which is so fucked up and the thing is y'all made the one drop rule not us bitch right mm-hmm. yeah. and that's why i also give it 100 because it i i find that incredibly offensive i mean it's like keep barack's name out your mouth like right. this man's already been through that, but a lot of people you know i still like get perturbed when i think a lot of people were complaining about him like enjoying his life after he left the white house I'm like, why wouldn't he like he has to have some type of silver lining because we elected the dude that literally terrorized him mm. for his entire presidency yeah they, that, I'm I'm like, i don't give a fuck about america like i right. I, I can't wait to read his book because i definitely think there's going to be a chapter where he's like now let me tell you how i really feel about what y'all did <laughs> The thing, and that's why probably coming out after the election because at first right. I'm like, oh, he's up if he put it right before the election to remind people about his legacy mm-hmm. and why we need to elect Joe Biden. But now it's coming after him. Like, oh, there's definitely a chapter in there where he goes in. <laughs> I, he you, goes. you know, I think, excuse me, Barack's going to talk, but he's still going to have some restraint. I think uh, for Michelle, she was like, bitch, I didn't run for nobody goddamn office. This is how I feel. <laughs> Fuck that nigga. He harassed my family. Like, I'm not trying. I don't have no political goals or aspirations. Well, so, she already put her book out. Uh, yes, but but that's why you got that in her book. I think you will get a little bit with Barack Obama, but I don't think you won't get a full-fledged tell-all. He might go up to, quote-unquote, the line, but because of kind of who he is and how he presents himself, I don't think he's going to quote unquote cross certain lines. Yeah, I agree. But that's what drives me crazy about the Democrats is that like I get it, and we have to be the bigger person sometimes. But that's why Republicans get what the fuck they want because they are so bullish and they don't give a fuck about uh, you know not being direct or whatever. That's why Trump mm-hmm. is where he is because he was just saying whatever the fuck was on his mind and everyone was like yeah that's great he speaks his mind it's like yeah but the things that he's saying are completely batshit crazy or incorrect and no one no one steps in but if barack did the same thing it's like back what the fuck happened this is how i feel about y'all everyone karen you're right like, it'd be everyone would be up in arms and stuff about that and that's just that 
that lack of fairness is what drives me crazy about this country. That's that hypocrisy is why, like when the George Floyd thing happened with Black Lives Matter, and it had all these uh, white people that were in my my messages on Facebook talking about, oh, Joe Biden said this about black people or whatever, and then Trump's like, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. I'm like, none of y'all saying nothing. Mm-hmm. Like that. That's the kind of stuff that makes me like lose faith and what we're doing right now in society yes and also i think if barack obama actually came out out you would get criticism for both sides you would get criticism for niggas that actually they hold brand is to shit on barack obama those people come out to what works and you would get the republicans those people come out to what works and i think you would actually get the people that lie because a lot of people have been pressing for him to come out and say what's on his mind and me and Roger talked about this the other day. Y'all motherfuckers that keep talking about how we want you to do these things, you're lying. Because the second something happens, you want to clutch your pearls, you want to act like we're above it all, but yet you, it's like you want people to cross the line, but then when they cross the line, you act like there's something wrong with them crossing that line. Quit lying to yourself. Yeah, I hate that people that pick on Michelle Obama when they, when she said, uh, when they go low, we go high. And they try to go, well, we should go lower. I go low. And it's like, we don't have the stomach for going low. Like when the fuck have when the fuck have these motherfuckers that always talk about we should go low when have they ever been okay with going low? If you say something as simple as like um Melania is in fucking Playboy and now she's the fucking like uh uh first lady. They well first of all we don't shame sex workers. Okay, that's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, what you're not gonna do, and it's like oh you don't go low at all. What then then no then go high. That's yeah, fine. Stop lying. It's all we have because apparently. Uh, if someone says uh he has a micro penis and he's fat people get mad about that they made a statue of him with no clothes on <laughs> and i still remember all the woke people sharing all these fucking long ass articles about don't talk about his weight because just because he's fat and i'm like he's also fucking evil like what about and that dumb you know what and i mean stupid yeah but don't care those are ableist words but like it's like that like so we're mm-hmm. not we're actually not to go low people Mm-mm. we we would like to think we are but like if obama came out and said some real shit about these white folks them same people would be like no see that one's a call for yes because we don't need that that's what bothers me is that they don't even know who they are right you know what i mean like i don't think it's a democrat problem i think democrats are trying to herd cats you got fucking 50 (laughs) you got got 50 different people with 50 different ideals about 50 different things they want to do it's easier to do what the republicans do because they're just like do you guys like white supremacy and there's a whole lot of people who will put a lot of their personal shit aside to go to a white supremacist doctrine so Mm -hmm. you have uh, evangelicals who will be like if we can just get roe v way overturned i don't care if you're grabbing pussies raping people and uh fucking porn stars i actually don't care about that at all i don't care i know you're not a believer i just don't care because i might get this thing i want democrats are not like that at all like if someone says um well look i'm not gonna get uh single-payer health care but i am gonna get a president who will uh you know address debt problems with student loans they'll go i i don't want any of it then that's the difference you know what i mean so that's it's not something the democrats need to do it's not something a politician can even fix there's no one message that will fix this it's literally the fucking people the people are stupid and the people that are good are stupid and the people that are evil are stupid but they're but they're organized the people that are good and stupid are just fucking just disorganized well that's why like you know and i obviously you can't have a leader that comes out and just says we're all stupid and we're just trying to figure it out <laughs> right. together but 
that always reminds me of that scene in The Big Short where Ryan Gosling's kind of talking about how all the bankers like let this shit happen in 2008. He's like, this is all stupid. Like, we're all stupid. Right. Like, all these people who are the Baha'i rank and, mm-hmm. and making all these decisions, they're all stupid. Like, all these decisions are based on stupidity. And, and once you understand that, it allows you to kind of like just be like, it is what it is to quote Michelle right. Obama. And, and like, everybody, yeah. everybody on our side, their feelings matter more than anything else. Right. So, like, you got to talk to these bitches all nice and shit. Like, hey, man, hey, hey, hey I know hey, you just said that we can go to hell and you don't give a fuck that all these people just died of COVID. And only if we just do exactly what you want us to do, please, will you please, please consider yeah. voting for the things you believe in and they're like fuck you nigga and if you bring that up to them like you're the problem and if you and so then if you go to people who actually do vote like okay this motherfucker voted for obama in 2008 and 2012 and then they flip parties we're just gonna go ask them because at least they show up to vote then they go why are you courting these fucking white people that makes me not want to vote you so you want them to vote. it's like there's no winning strategy nope that people will agree on unlike the republicans which is the one thing they have is just but we hate the gays and the blacks and the jews <laughs> and, and they're just like you know what i hate enough of that people in that group uh i may be in that group but i hate enough people that i will just look over that shit white women are in the group of people that they hate and they're still like uh, kind of gonna ride this white thing out so that that's the one thing we don't have on our side so we're fucked um i'd like to commend that teacher though because t- you know being an educator in this country is definitely difficult and she had control and poise yes she did and you, even though you tell she was a little frustrated like she, you know, she handled that situation well. Um, why are we not talking about baby racists with grandma who, when the teacher was like, she brought up Black Lives Matter or BLM, that's what they're mm-hmm. calling it. She was like, uh-uh, it wasn't me. Like yeah, that deflection that right away was mm-hmm. like, damn. Well, that's cause the kids won't save us, right? Like that's the thing when people keep going like the next generation, cause maybe she did bring it up. Who knows? The teacher may have got been correct and then the, but she deflected so fast because her grandma's in the fucking house with her right like whenever mm-hmm. whenever people say that shit about the next generation i'm like who's raising the next generation exactly. the, the racist people they it's not like they're gonna be like i taught my kid everything except racism you know i just i i realize that i don't want that to pass on like no they're they're what they do is they don't talk about racism that much until one day they're yelling about black lives matter in your zoom class and then the, <laughs> the kid the kid gets the subliminal message that it's not okay to talk about it you know uh all right let's get into another game y'all okay it's a little more fun uh let's play some uh guess the race what time is it it's time to guess the race 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 all right let's get into guess the race the game where we read news articles from all over the globe and we ask our guests today tati and brandon of the medium popcorn podcast and of course karen plays in the chat room plays Mm -hmm. to guess the race of the people involved in this article a utah woman 51 bought antibiotic resistance bacteria on the dark net to inject her roommate with so she could get custody of her child oh no uh yeah she's pleaded guilty to multiple charges that the police say she bought the antibiotic resistant bacteria on the dark web to harm her ailing roommate in an attempt to get custody of the woman's special needs son so she didn't want to buy it on a regular web (laughs) 
<laughs> How does one gain access to the dark web? That's so many questions. Uh, Shit ain't all the internet. Janie Lynn Reed, 51, was arrested in December 2019 on suspicion of aggravated abuse of a vulnerable adult, attempted abuse of a vulnerable adult, and attempted possession of a biological agent. Uh, Utah Highway Patrol spokesman Sergeant Nick Street previously said Red gave misleading statements before she was arrested. Um, police said Red bought Van, Van Comsen resistant staphylococcus okay staphylococcus uh aris uh just the fact that she could look that up okay for three hundred dollars worth of bitcoin okay did you lose brendan and tati oh are they oh yeah they're okay. off my screen okay uh give me a second to pause mm-hmm. all right we had some technical difficulties but we are back everyone okay uh, a little jam breaking this in the uh, live chat for everybody mm-hmm. um move us partying back to this story okay. though um so this woman bought three hundred dollars worth of this uh shit off of with bitcoin off the dark web that the agent can cause skin infections severe invasion diseases diseases invasive diseases pneumonia and potentially death what the hell was this made out of it was made of van com cn uh resistant staphylococcus something on the periodical table so uh utah law defies biological agent of mass destruction as any microorganism virus infective uh infectious substance or biological product that can cause death disease or destruction in a human or other living organism third district judge kyra pettit on monday ordered red to serve consecutive sentences of at least one and up to 15 years it is now up to the utah board pardons and parole to determine the exact length of her prison term attorney general sean reyes and assistant attorney general michael gadd recommended that red be denied parole until 2028 during sentencing rachel told the judge that red robbed her of her life uh, of life by causing her severe medical problems and constant stress she said looking at the defendant she detected no signs of remorse in her eyes she watched me suffer she doubled down and did it worse instead of one infection of e coli where i'd scream and writhe in pain she did three when that didn't kill me the two had been friends for more than 20 years and they shared a home for a long time but their relationship began to sour about three years ago according to court documents red who had been rachel's caretaker and also looked after her autistic son and whom the woman had named a beneficiary of her five hundred thousand dollar life insurance policy she became upset with her friend's behavior Red's defense attorney scott williams argued that rachel had become increasingly verbally abusive which took a toll on red's mental health and convinced her that her roommate posed a threat to the well to her well-being and her own child uh so red tried to incapacitate rachel so she could obtain legal guardianship of the special needs boy so she was a hero okay she was trying to kill this woman as a hero uh the saddest irony is that she ultimately did what she did out of twisted sense of desperate caring for the well-being of the child she had grown to love and protect williams wrote in the sentencing memorandum she snapped she lost control of her thoughts she essentially went mad uh court yeah and it's gonna be hard to prove that would have been hard as hell to prove insanity defense because it took months of planning to even kill this part try right. to kill him and you, sh- and you gave him three injections yeah it's not like you had a gun and you just walked in and shot her like you was trying to do a lot of shit 
Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's one thing we talked about this when women do crimes, we don't do violent shit because most of the time we can't over quote unquote overtake people. So we'll do shit like this, that poisoning, that that slow roll shit because we have Well to in this case she probably it. could have physically killed this woman, but she yeah. uh still she still decided to go to snap her out. Um anyway, guess the race of uh what is her name? Um it's like G- Bay. Jan- Janie Lynn Ridd is her name. Janie. Oh, white, unlike the web that she used. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she used the dark web. I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. What about you, Brandon? Race? I'm going with uh, Jay Levison White. Okay, and Tati? I think she's white too. Alright. Let's check the chat room, see what they believe uh let's see white uh radicchio and brie white alabaster assault and bacteria so the victim has special needs son okay that's not a race national lampoons outbreak white utah say less white lifetime movie white interrupts her special (laughs) needs son when he has virtual therapy sessions because sometimes they do music therapy and use black artists white white super white like the infection she is a poopy white woman uh she had to go to kkk kmart for those dark materials white like the phone coming out of the victim's mouth after she was poisoned sounds about white uh white staff (laughs) single white female the contagion corona sequel the correct answer is everyone went with the same thing and you all got it correct she's white yeah something about using bitcoin to buy off of the dark web and then her name i was like this is this is already too much work mm-hmm. a lot of work so this woman is the woman who did the poisoning this is the woman who was poisoned and luckily survived um right and yeah when your roommate looks like the blair witch you gotta like have be on your p's and q's protecting you and yours and like, you can't Here's them in happier times. They look like regular white women. They have been friends for like 20 years. Like, look at them back in the day. They look like they were going out to the club and, you know, disturbing people for talking about Black Lives Matter. And now look at them, you know? It's some lifetime shit right here. It is. Oh, man. yeah. This is going to be a lifetime movie. Believe you me. They're writing up the script right now. They, they secret lovers because they're mighty close. They look very right? intimate with these pictures. They just look like, to me, like two regular white women. Okay. <laughs> I can't believe that that murder was on our mind like that. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, all right. Let's go to the next one. Um, how about, uh, this one? An Oklahoma woman, 28 years old, tells cops, I have to poop so bad before leading them on a 70 mile per hour chase. <laughs> I got I got to tap out of this one because I know I know this one. I, oh, you I already know one. the answer. Oh, wait, hold on, then we can just do a different one. It's, it's no problem. I have we got we got plenty of. Them. I have plenty of these. We, you we know, never run out. I know you stay up on the uh, on the on the news. Um, how about this one? Miami cops use Instagram to sh- find and shut down makeshift strip club in a warehouse and a nightclub at a hookah lounge. Six people Whoa. arrested. Holy shit! Mm-hmm. Damn. All right, I don't know about that one. You said hookah lounge. I already think they're Dominican. So, ha! 
three men were arrested saturday night in miami for turning a warehouse into a makeshift strip club and hosting a party according to the sun sentinel police discovered the party on instagram after organizers posted flyers for blow money fast party at a secret location blow money fast (laughs) that name the the instagram was linked to gerald sylvine 40 who was arrested at the scene as the parties violated Miami's orders for Ooh, curfew. You too old. I can see 20 somethings. I'm a little shocked that they were able to be arrested. I really thought Florida was just down there on some Mad Max shit. Um, according to police, the flyers promoted table, table service, 5,000 balloons dropping from the ceiling, alcohol, and security. On Saturday night, police staked out the Miami warehouse and saw Sylvine, Bernie Jadot, 43 and christopher bentley 31 unloading dj equipment alcohol and collecting cash from partygoers once inside the warehouse the cops found naked dancers and stripper poles about 10 women were in a room undressing and told police they were at the party to dance and hadn't been paid all three men were arrested and 31 citations were given to partygoers who were seen sitting at tables and drinking alcohol for violating curfew orders did the, the, did the strippers get paid i mean i mean inquiring minds want to know they performed the service uh probably not um on the same night two miles away police shut down another party at low keys hookah lounge and eats again cops use instagram to find christopher tate 23 who advertised that he would be the dj at the party according to reports police saw underage teens pay joseph stevens 46 at the door to get in cops found a makeshift nightclub scene with a full bar and at least 25 teenagers stevens tate and owners of the hookah lounge and border knife i guess 22 was were also arrested and 17 citations were issued so all these people from instagram i mean the cops on y'all instagrams just be careful out here uh all these people are the same race guess the race karen what are their names again all right gerald sylvine bernie jadot uh christopher bentley and christopher tate joseph stevens and ann bordenave why does that like the cast of dead presidents <laughs> <laughs> i'm going black karen's going black what about you brandon oh yeah this is black I, i'm surprised lorenz tate wasn't mentioned in that that rolodex <laughs> tati i'm on the fence uh because they only got they only got hit with citations for breaking curfew, mm. which makes me think that they could be everything but black, but I'm going to go black. All right. The chat room says black. Um, hold on. Now it's moving too fast. Black, blank, burnt ears because of the hot comb black. Got to go black. No. Y'all do realize that poop has the same internet black. Oh, Popo <laughs> has the same internet black, 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 black. <laughs> The strippers were going to dance to rock music instead of rap music. Well, that's clearly not black. <laughs> Sharon as black, black moonlight, black sound, Haitian, uh, black, black, uh, P Valley pop up is nigga behavior. Miami mm-hmm. says non white, but it somehow gives me white tees. Uh, blow your money, black Dominicans who only claim black in when they live in New York, when they in New York yeah <laughs> frenchish names equals haitian black uh these names sound black so i'm gonna go noir black and pitbull latinx the correct answer is black yeah. oh 
um and some of you did say other races than black and you got it wrong and uh this is oh that's the brothers from the first party oh and i think you know they might be haitian or dominican i can see that but they definitely black if they get pulled over by the police yes and they were like bizarre from d12 up there (laughs) they were like who bizarre from d12 Uh, and then this is the second group of people at the unrelated party that also were arrested. Oh no. The thing I keep thinking about is that the people that were going seem to be like younger people. Mm-hmm. And of course strippers need money right now, you know, hey. without the strip club being open. Hey. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, man, those people go back into their communities and this is going to be a prime coronavirus pop up. Like, you know what i mean like you, imagine you've been doing everything you think is safe but you just got a teenager in your house that wants to go out and get drunk and they they just violate all this curfew shit and then they come back in your home man that's gotta be so scary for parents with teenagers right now right and then and then they wonder why uh i think we read an article when coronavirus first popped out and uh the son went on spring break and bought his ass back up there and the daddy got a big ass truck and pulled it up and was like y'all not coming to here take your asses back the fuck where you came from mm-hmm. like yeah <laughs> that's why because like oh oh no no you being stupid ain't gonna kill me mm-hmm. uh all right it's time to go to the bonus round oh wait that's right we need a bonus round guess the race song oh. yeah oh. we just got the regular guess the race but we need a bonus, bonus round guess the race for when it gets double intense okay um so i guess out right now or maybe i should have played the non-piano version first yes. and then the piano version we could do that that's what i'll do next time but uh for this time we'll just play the non-piano version against again it's time to guess the race 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 all right let's go into the bonus round of guess the race uh where are we gonna go for this one how about um a woman gets prison for uh having her dogs attack an akron grocery store worker a woman who pleaded guilty to having her dogs attack a grocery store worker was attempting to stop her from still who was attempting to stop her from stealing has been sentenced to prison linda snow 65 of norton will spend four to six years in prison on a second degree felony charge of felonious assault snow's daughter jennifer clark 38 of akron was given a suspended three-year prison sentence after she pleaded guilty to charges of robbery and endangering children clark will still oh uh, okay clark still must serve 90 days in jail and is on probation for three years according to the prosecutor snow and clark took a cart full of food food from acme fresh market in akron's kenmore neighborhood august 16 2019 so them in the row runner shop at the in, yeah, in the, the not the the row runner <laughs> don't the shop there wally coyote, yeah, wally shopping coyote there. was, was yeah. in the lane over looking at the dynamite no wonder they ain't get get away uh right <laughs> When a 55-year-old Acme worker confronted Snow and Clark in the parking lot of the store, Snow opened up the door of her vehicle where she had three pit bulls. Oh, that changes things. Two of the dogs attacked and seriously injured the worker who had been hospital- hospitalized. 
uh prosecutors say snow and clark then drove off with the dogs clark's 11 year old son was also in the vehicle <gasps> this is a horrible incident summit county prosecutor <laughs> sherry bevin Walsh said in the statement say. the victim suffered significant physical injuries because of the attack as a dog owner myself i'm appalled at how the dogs are used in this assault guess the race of these women oh black like them dogs karen's going black brandon i gotta go black too at first when i heard snow and but then once i heard pit bulls i was like oh shit all right well, no, this is black. i just love the statement like this is a horrible incident it's like, <laughs> like what this what was, else would have been in my in my professional opinion this was pretty bad okay yeah, this was pretty as, bad. as a legal expert yeah they were like we would have arrested the dogs too but we couldn't this is not what you want to see said officer jones uh <laughs> what, what about you uh tati I, I think for entertainment purposes, I'm going to go white. Okay. For entertainment purposes, she's going white. Let's check the chat room. The dogs were all named King. Oh, no. <laughs> three, three Kings. All three the, of them. Listen, we do love naming them King. The Pitbulls and Theft Tell Me Black. Everybody is black, including the dogs. DMX cousins black. Those Pitbulls <laughs> with some no. niggas black. Nothing in Akron but snowing niggas. Black, so black. Whole foods and biting off whole arms. White black everything and everyone is black pit bulls need their free range meals black poor white trash <laughs> bow wow wow yippee yo yippee yay black people in the motherfucking house uh <laughs> where my dogs at black dogs oh. also named duke black i'ma go white for entertainment purposes oh that's just mimicking okay pit bull got a light bill in their name uh oh no <laughs> black or a dog breeder who's hood and white but i'm going black akron lebron's people black she told the grocery store worker they're nice they don't bite um black negroes the correct answer is and most of you did go with black and you all got that wrong they're white Oh, go ahead, Tati. You ever been to a party and they play who let the dogs out? White people lose their mind. Mm -hmm. And now we know who. Okay, we finally got to the bottom of it. And uh, because only a handful of people got the white on this one, I got to give y'all the golf clap. well deserved that is some this is white white that is some very fine racism of y'all to go past the pit bulls because the pit bulls would have got me too (laughs) and this is the daughter um yeah she she probably probably swirly right she got she look a little spicy Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. what i mean just a little bit though Um, a little bit of a double of that flavor yeah Mm -hmm. like like she might not be black but she like date a black dude you know what i'm saying something like that like she's not averse to it if you know what i'm saying uh all right let's get into the last uh thing which is sword ratchetness uh i gotta talk about these people with these swords out here A man badly hurt by a sword in North Omaha. That's right. 
the, <laughs> the sword broke with him over broke up with him over text and uh oh no yeah he just hadn't been the same since okay uh but not a man has been <laughs> taken to the hospital after getting attacked by a man with a sword i was to say two men were fighting near 38th and boyd streets around noon damn high noon come on now <laughs> they say thomas moore thomas moore 51 hit deandre powell 56 well sounds like a hate crime then <laughs> <laughs> with a sword leaving a deep cut to his wrist medics took powell to nebraska medical center he is expected to survive uh moore was charged with first degree assault use of a weapon and terroristic threats um, yes mm-hmm get his ass out of here yes um i would do one more that was really short we'll do one more um because there's so many honestly uh saint <laughs> paul man threatened another man with a sword a man threatened to kill a 54 year old man and held a sword to his throat mark oh. mark david ruggles 46 of saint paul has been charged with threats of violence and second degree assault at 7:50 p.m wednesday ramsey county emergency communications received a 911 call a man said another man had held a knife to his throat in a wooded area near bluff parts homes according to the complaint st paul police responded to the area and met the caller who said ruggles was the man who had threatened him the man said ruggles had consumed a large amount of alcohol you don't say <laughs> and approached him according to the complaint ruggles then stood behind the man and held a sword to his neck and said he was going to kill him the man said he then twisted the sword from ruggles hands and threw him on the ground threw him on the ground the man began to walk away but ruggles threw a bike rim and rock at and a rock at him oh sh- shit. See, this, this sound like some homeless people drama <laughs> no, no. <laughs> like these items are random as fuck he threw <laughs> he, he threw a, a bike rim and a rock <laughs> like this is yeah he threw a washing machine at him and then he uh flipped flipped over a bench um they say he then uh, left uh, on flip foot a witness said they saw ruggles threaten the man with a sword and threw a rock at him threw a rock at him uh officers found ruggles in a tent yep that's what i thought in a nearby woods that he lives in where sense. they also found a sword in an interview with authorities ruggles says he knows the man but denied having an altercation with him that night Mm-mm. so a witness saw it and the person reported it but you like i know him i don't know why he think i took my sword that y'all found in my tent put it to his throat that's so crazy what a coincidence uh he confirmed the sword is his but said that the two men had just been drinking that night ruggles first court appearance is scheduled for friday yep there you go uh well i'll tell you what if you're social distancing you can get as drunk as you want talk about black history and you ain't gotta worry about nobody putting a th- sword to your throat nobody that's nobody. one of the things i like about it uh brandon tati thank you so much for being here thank you uh can you can you can you plug that that drunk black history again one more time for Absolutely. me in case you don't know we have another drunk black history show on saturday october 10th 9 p.m eastern standard time we're going to be having a you know, a horror theme to the, uh, the, the show. We're going to talk about some black superstitions, folklore, as well as talking about some black historical figures that haven't been, uh, getting their shine. Um, so really excited about that. You can get tickets, uh, to get the zoom link at americancons.com under live gigs, or you can go to Eventbrite to search for drunk black history. It'll pop up. Uh, incredibly excited about the people we have booked for it. And, uh, yeah, uh, really looking forward to seeing some of y'all in that chat yeah i can't wait man uh definitely always a good time you know and uh as always man 
y'all are welcome back anytime you know i don't don't be strangers and uh you know tati you too you know if you don't want to bring brandon you're still you're welcome brandon, to come you by come okay? like we love brandon too but just you know don't don't ever worry about being a plus one or anything y'all are both uh welcome here um all right that's it for today um I'm trying to think do we have anything we're supposed to be talking about oh you can hear me on three guys on um that i was on there yesterday so that should be coming out this week um i feel like there's other things i'm supposed to be promoting but craft country on wednesday yeah that's the recap and oh yeah last week on keith for uh the the final episode maybe we can talk about how we can coordinate that because you know yeah but that'd be great to like like cap off the series with like you guys so we'll coordinate that yeah hit us up man we always down the, the the talk and then um uh check out last week on keith and the girl karen and i are uh hosting that uh we're switching off this week is my turn yes so if you're last week was my turn yeah if you're keith and the girl vip people we're over there and we're recapping and we're talking about the week and asking them questions and stuff so uh i think i'm just gonna ask questions like where the hell do you get off you know what i mean like like <laughs> you know like you be the good cop i'll be the bad cop like what that what is your problem yeah i definitely can't be the bad i'm terrible i'll be a terrible bad cop yeah so all right y'all that's it for today uh holler at us throughout the week um and we'll be back until then i love you i love you too Mwah. Mwah.